Jesse, mine tastes wonderful. I'm getting like chunky Cheetos, you know, with huge, like thick bodies. Mm. It's great. Mm. You sound like a Cheeto connoisseur, right? I'm trying. Mm. How about this has you, been Daniel? a long time coming, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Daniel? Oh, so good. Nothing like mm. Cheetos for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, we're just going to chew in your ears because that's how much we respect you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm the host that talks first, D. And I'm the host that talks second, Jesse. And what you hear is us eating flaming Hot Cheetos because why not? You know, why not? Mm. You hear that? Mm. How do yours taste, Alicia? Disgusting. What? I don't like cheese. Whoa, Whoa. wait. Pause, pause. Whoa. <laughs> Why are you eating cheese? This is not cheese. This is hot Cheetos. This is this is heavenly red flavor dust. What are this you eating? Is hot garbage cheese. Wait, you got the really spicy one though, Alicia. I love spice and I thought it would oh. like counteract the cheese flavor no does this have a cheese flavor to it this got nothing to do with cheese it has oh, yeah. there is cheese in this there is cheese yeah cheddar this cheese Ooh, the extra flaming hot seasoning salt is maltodextrin oh there's some cheese in here cheese cultures for what it is onion powder whey no oh, there's some protein in here Anyway, so why are we eating Cheetos is because we promised everyone that if we got a thousand subscribers on YouTube, then we would send one of those lucky thousand, or actually one of those lucky 995 or so, because of course we follow ourselves, right? (laughs) Then you would get a hundred bags of Jesse's size Flaming Hot Cheetos. Party size, baby. Party size. Direct from the manufacturer. Dude, I forgot. I forgot why we even did this for a second, so I'm glad you reminded me. <laughs> and, you know, what I will say is inflation is real. Because I'm looking at this bag of $1.99 flaming Hot Cheetos. And, oh, at least I think you're supposed to be grabbing the Cheeto. I'm looking at this bag of... Hold on, hold on. This is going to be fun for the audience watching. <laughs> Oh, we're doing it? We're passing yeah, we're doing Cheeto. it. We're trying to pass the Cheeto. Okay. Where are we starting from? But Alicia doesn't... Here, I'll start. I'll go to you, Jesse. Oh, shit. Wait. I don't know how to do... Uh, wait. All right. Keep keep coming. Ah! Oh, wait, hold on. There we go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Restart, restart. <laughs> what? This is your Cheeto. It's crazy. Yeah, you got that Cheeto. Wow. All right. Coming to you, Alicia. 
Are you ready? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Wait, that is the wrong side of the screen. <laughs> I'm going to run it back. Here we go. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we did not rehearse this. Oh, oh how'd you get that magical flaming hot Cheeto? It's just crazy. <laughs> so it's got to go to Daniel now. <laughs> oh, there you oh, go. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're passing Cheetos through the internet. All right, anyway. Let's start right. the show. So <laughs> let's get into it. Thank you, Daniel, <laughs> for hanging out with us. To show that Flaming Hot Cheetos is not just something the hosts do. It's something the entire Bitcoin podcast crew does. All right, this is going to be the last ones I eat so I can stop being rude on, okay. this, on the show. I'm going to keep eating. Okay. I haven't eaten yet. So today, um, we didn't talk about what's going on in El Salvador. We got to. So for those of you that don't know, history has been made. Although I kind of think Japan made it, but we're going to stick with El Salvador on this one. And they said, hey, Bitcoin is now legal tender, right? So this happened a couple of weeks ago. And that implies a lot of things. Like when you make a statement like that, you're causing a ripple effect through governments, a ripple effect through uh, socioeconomic ladders, a ripple effect through all of the fabric of society as we know it society society so obviously some people are going to push back right and one of the very first pushbacks that we're seeing is that an opposing party that is opposed to the current party that's in power in el salvador is suing the government and saying it's unconstitutional for you to say that this is legal tender, right? Many citizens have also are supporting support that opposition, saying that new legislation does not consider harmful. They didn't consider the harmful effects. And a whopping 80% of citizens expressed that they did not want to receive payments in the leading currency. Jesse, that is crazy. That is pretty crazy. But I think we we talked about the GDP of El Salvador, it only being fifty something billion. So, like you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's uh, it's not a lot of money they're working with. So, you know how much bravado it takes to just eat crispy Cheetos on ra- on a radio show on a pod. <laughs> <laughs> we got some low hangers. But see, this is kind of the thing that I've thought about for some time now is that Bitcoin and like people act as if currency systems change without blood being spilled. I know that's a very long leap to take, right? But you think there's going to be a world war over crypto, bro? Like, I don't think there's going to be a world war. Or I hope there's not a world war, but it's not like it's going to be over crypto. It's going to be over some sort of sociological thing that people are fighting over at the time, whether it be, you know, the length of TikTok videos being a little bit longer or the explicit nature of twerk instructional videos on YouTube Mm -hmm. uh, being a little bit less strict. Those are things to fight for. But 
let's think about like currency systems like it's not like the people in power that have the currency that's in power want it to not be in power anymore yeah they're not gonna be like oh yeah you guys that we have total power over you want to use something different yeah go for it we'll just build the rules around you that's typically not the way things work ever in human history ever you know and so that's why when this is just me speaking personally jess when i got into bitcoin i knew i'm planting seeds for trees with which i will not be able to consume the shade this shit isn't going to happen in my lifetime if i have kids or you have kids it's not going to happen in their lifetime if they have kids it's not going to happen in their lifetime like currency systems don't just flip a switch and everybody's using that now so for all the bitcoin maximalists listening um you're dumb if you think that's going to happen in your lifetime. I'm sorry. I'm gonna say, I'll say it to your face. If you were in my face, I would say you are a dumb person. And you are sorry. I shouldn't say dumb. Uh-huh. That's rude. I should say you are not a wise person. You are not wise because you're obviously not succumbing to the lessons that history is putting forth. And you need to study the curriculum that is history because currency systems don't just up and change. And the ones that do usually end up going to a shitty one takes a massive amount of human consistency in order for a currency system to just change right so what's naturally going to happen for the next 10 to 15 years is that humanity is going to try to body block bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and other blockchain and distributed technology into the boxes that currently exist for it as like oh well let's just swap out swift and and put in something on the ethereum 2.0 chain or let's swap out the old um, Fortran whatever, or let's swap out the ATM networks and the code that they use in order to transmit money using an automatic uh, teller machine. And let's put in some sort of crypto thing. Like we're just going to try to put it into these boxes, right? Because that's all we know. And that's the way things are going in my book. Like it, it won't become a bona fide currency until worldwide a a symphony of worldwide scenarios make it so why 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 so my question is why are you prognosticating on something beyond your lifetime because that's what good men do jesse you think your children are gonna have diamond hands i hope they have diamond hands well if they don't what if they have paper hands there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't have diamond hands and a lot of people's kids that like, have like paper you, hands. you're seeing what's happening right now right with the yeah. tax hikes and like on on the people who make you know more than a million a year mm-hmm. people are selling their companies they're exiting right mm-hmm. and so dodge. yeah they're selling to wall street right they're selling mm-hmm. to SPACs. they're selling they they're i forget um i read an article that um there's a family that has uh, like a net worth of like, say something like $30 billion and they're liquidating this year. They are distributing $30 billion worth of equity in that company between 30 family members because of potential tax hikes. And so I, I wonder like what, what is, what is crypto's future going to be like? Is it going to be like taxed into oblivion? Like legislation is going to suffocate it because they could, they could, they could do that. But I don't know. Does it, does it, does it make sense to even like, well, think about that? Chew, I'll get my chew on. Okay. 
All right. It does make sense to think about that. And I think there's a lot of people in this industry that are thinking about that. Um, the coin circle or circle, I think they're called coin circle, is an entire business, nonprofit business that's built on talking to regulators and educating regulators so that they understand how to regulate this stuff in a way that it can help society and not hinder it. Now, I know that originally it was like, fuck regulations, fuck the law, but let's just be serious. That's just not reality, right? That's just not a reality anyone really, truly wants to live in. Although they claim that, they don't want that. Everyone in America loves the luxury of American freedoms. One, those freedoms exist in other places. And two, um, if somebody deregulate, it's some... It's almost funny because those regulations are your freedoms, right? It's like a, it's like a paradox. It's like they gave you a sandbox to play inside. Yeah, you know. So it's the old. You know what I love? The red dust fingers. You like that? Oh yeah, because I used to like that. When nobody's looking, you just like look over your shoulders and you just suck the dust off your finger. No? Is that what you're going to do? That is exactly what I'm going to do when this camera turns off, baby. I'm a fucking heathen. I believe man. All right. So, and then you got to click your mouse with like this digit so you don't get the flavor dust on there. You just use your pinky. You never get Cheeto dust on your pinky. Uh, you're not as much of a heathen as I am because I definitely have some what? pinky, my friend. What, what fingers do you use? I just use my index, middle, and thumb. What? Wow, you're like full crane. Full crane game. All right. Full crane game. All right. All right. Being really rude eating on the air, but I don't care that much. So it's going to be interesting to see in the coming years. This is the this is the circle that I'm waiting to have happen. Right. And it's not necessarily a circle. And so it's two separate 180s going in different directions. And that is, we have countries that are like, Bitcoin is banned. We hate it. You can't do it. And then like 18 months later, like, uh, psych. Like, we're, it's not it's not banned. When we say banned, we mean like, just kind of people are going to look at you weird if you're into it. It's not banned. You could totally do it. Right. And China did it. And then they went back. China's going hard in the paint this time. But honestly, it might be just so they can nationalize all Bitcoin mining and move in their hardware and start monitoring shit, maybe crazy China style. Right. And then they're going to all of a sudden unban Bitcoin again. It'll be juicy. All the you Bitcoin. Think? Um, you think China will unban Bitcoin? I think they'll unban Bitcoin when it's monetarily feasible for their government to have it unbanned. Right, I don't right see now, them flipping like they did in the past. Well, maybe like within not. a span of a year, I see maybe. that. I think it's way gonna later. Take, well, imagine if you had, you know, specialized hardware and infrastructure in place to track every single Coinbase transaction that came to your miners. Then you could start putting these, you know, data tentacles out into the blockchain to figure out. I imagine China would do something crazy, ridiculous like that. But that's what BSN's doing, right? Yep. Then we had India. India banned Bitcoin. No, so, they yeah, didn't I don't. They didn't ban it. Well, then they banned it. They had, banned, they had some sort of ban. They they didn't ban it though. They didn't hard ban it. I don't believe. 
they, well, they yeah it, it seemed like they were you know it's like it's like when us in like america we get news about other countries it's like japan adopted bitcoin but if you ask like in japan like is it being used it's like no uh, i think we're we're getting the telephone game version mm-hmm. i don't think india actually banned bitcoin i think they they're creating legislation around it to you know restrict it in certain ways but i don't think they're it's it's not banned from what i understand cool okay good i want to see i guess what i'm getting at the point i'm trying to get to is how quick is el salvador going to turn a 180 and say yeah we were wrong about that bitcoin thing oh really you think they'll do that you can't just flip a switch like they did but there's a there's supposedly like i saw something on twitter that or or something that there's a clause that it says when a country goes to the imf with a legal tender they have to make it work do you know anything about that i did see that it's like something on the charter of the world world bank that like you know when a company when a country decides something is their legal tender then the world bank has to accept it so how is that going to work out I don't know, man. But I know what I do is talk about this stuff. So I get to sit back, relax, <laughs> then what's going on, and then start yelling at the microphone. Watch. Yeah. Watch what I said unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move to some other little like tidbits, you know. Is so there's a NASCAR driver now receiving his salary in, in crypto. Len Casillo signed a deal. His salary is gonna be paid in Bitcoin and Litecoin. And so what's funny is, have you ever rolled the older edge that like music and sports drive society? Yep. And well, I think we're going to start to see that. Like we're going to start to see more athletes taking Bitcoin as a portion of their salary or all of their salary. And so it's going to, as you see that happening, and you, and then you have athletes that are like, yeah, I'm going to buy this house, but I'm not buying this house with dollars. I'm going to buy this house with Bitcoin. So you better make it happen, Mr. Realtor, Mr. Somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Sports and sports and music drive society, uh, or at least modern day society. Not, it's not so much survival anymore. So what sport are we exporting? The U.S. is currently exporting baseball and football. And that's about it. But the numbers are going down for football, aren't they? And same with baseball. What numbers? The viewership? Viewership, people attending uh, big games physically. And the NBA, we're exporting the NBA too. Oh, that's true. So, yeah, but those numbers go go up and they go down. I don't think they'll ever, like, go down permanently. Sports are fucking amazing, bro. I know Korea, like South Korea, loves basketball and North Korea, right? And then Japan loves baseball. But aside from that, who else is buying our sports? London started buying a little bit of football. Mexico started buying a little bit of football. Oh. China's buying the NBA hard. This is coming. Alicia's over here typing to us. But, but you know, that crypto's going to start to get in the zeitgeist there. Chrome. Um, this is why I, uh, mm-hmm. I what I, the, you know the the longer I do this podcast, the more I get closer to the point where I'm just like, man, I, I really want to do like Dr. Petty um, has been doing, and just just focus on technical aspects that that like people won't have massive amount of knowledge over because all the other stuff is not really controllable. 
You know what I mean? Like, you can't control if GPPs one day are like, you know what? I do want to use Bitcoin. Because GPPs don't even control that they have to use dollars. You know what I mean? There's just, there's nothing that controls the adoption. Like we said, mass adoption is the only thing that matters. At the end of the day, that needs a lemma. And that mass adoption has to be very layered with different types of adoption, right? There's the person that uses coal to provide energy. And then there's the person that just hoards coal to give to the person that uses coal, right? There's different types of adoption. Do you want and, to be the person who's discovering coal as a fuel source? Yeah, like, you know, there's d different types of adoption. You don't want to be middlemaning coal? Not necessarily. Who wants to be middlemaning coal? That doesn't even sound right. Does it, does, isn't that what, what, like, what you do when we buy cryptocurrency and we don't actually, like, build out protocols? I think so. Or middlemaning. Mm-hmm. You're a dirty middleman. I'm a dirty middleman. I'm a dirty. You're what? <laughs> One day I hope to be a uh, protocol builder. Dude, we're so meta with our show sometimes. Like, who who wrote the rule that you can't eat Cheetos and podcast at the same time? Wasn't me. Damn it. I think like people wrote, don't like it when you chew in their ear, and I think this is something like that. That's true. That's true. I think it's just probably just good manners not to eat it in a podcast <laughs> as you as you chew another cheeto i mean they're good dude yeah so we're, we're all friends so let's move on to some other um kind of recent news uh so so backed holdings debuts a crypto debit card uh and PayPal Visa join up with a blockchain capital venture capital. So backed holdings, if you guys don't all recall, this would have been several years ago now, I think two to three years ago. Um, they were the first uh, Bitcoin futures, I believe. Um, oh, look, that sounds right. Uh, that, that sounds that sounds right, but is it right? Let me see. I don't know. I don't know if it's right, but it Let sounds right. Here we go. Backed. Uh, is the, the $1.2 trillion of digital assets that's currently held in cryptocurrencies, rewards, and rewards. Um, okay. Are they a credit card company now? Yep. It looks like that's what they did. They're like um, Monaco or, and um, what's the other one? Um, Dude, I swear, man. It's like the wealthy person rule book. Get a big, get a big pile of something valuable. Mm-hmm then just start issuing out credit to people to do what they want with their lives and just tax the hell out of that credit, give the interest rate on there, and then keep building the mountain of stuff that you think is valuable. You know, Joe made me do a deep dive on Hex for the past like oh, shit. four six hours somewhere. Okay, of, of, of like last night. It bled into today. In fact, I didn't get to go to sleep until like, I don't know, 7 a.m., that shit is the most airtight and and like it's it's so insidiously genius in the way that they're marketing it. But yeah, I don't know. What do you what it's just um on the on the topic of um people doing people things, trying to extract value maximally. Um it's interesting because like i don't think that's the ethos of i don't think that was the original ethos of the space if if the space did have an ethos it wasn't it wasn't to try and like 
um, beat each other out in terms of like zero sum gaming. But I think people realize that that's a reality of this space. If you want to make more money, you zero sum game it. I don't know how you like, or not, not what I mean is like you optimize around being efficient to extract value in a way that makes sense for whatever project. And I'm just like, I'm still trying to understand value propositions of a lot of projects in this space. But it, it's yeah. like, sometimes you just get jaded, you know? I can dig it. But why about, what about Hex's airtight? Like, I want to hear that part. <laughs> the smart contract seems pretty airtight. I'm not, I didn't, I didn't physically look at the code base, but from like listening to a developer talk about how kind of it was developed and how a lot of developers left the project, I guess, because they didn't agree with the ethics behind it. It's just interesting. And it's airtight legally for, for the dude who made it mm -hmm. because uh, he made it such that it's, it's definitely airing on the, it's not a security side of the law. So he's not like, you know, suable by anybody. Mm -hmm. The SEC can't, you know, shut him down. It's just, he made it in such a way that it skirts the law and it like, uses blockchain tech like so perfectly i don't know i don't want to talk about x anymore yeah let's not it's hot doo-doo why did you even bring <laughs> that up because I, I wasted like four hours or six hours of my life looking at that why? shit i was trying why to why would you do that because i i value opinions from people in the slack and i was like hmm, maybe there's something to this all right so if i told you like dude I'm telling you, the best seasoning for burgers is squirrel hair. I'm going to examine that before I actually try it. I'm going to be like, hmm, does this make sense? Why would you spend any time on that? Like, less, I would spend less than a milli, less than a micro second thinking I'm never doing that. I would respect you as a human if you're mm -hmm. like, D, you got to try this. You got to try but this. But ants taste good, right? Like a certain type of ant tastes like cranberries. So like, maybe, but crickets can be roasted with garlic and they're supposedly good, right? There's I stuff feel like that's you're like out there, like out I, of your respect for Joe. I, I think that's what Daniel typed in the chat, and I agree. That's what Daniel chatted, and that's what I'm echoing. <laughs> I, 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 I understand how it makes sense. I just We're don't moving on. I can't do this anymore. Value proposition makes sense anymore. I can't do this with you anymore with you. Back did futures. They were the first company. I was like, yo, we're doing futures. Now there's a futures market. Now the volume is so high in futures market that they can just extend people credit based upon that. And, you know, the, 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 the cycle continues, right? Like now they got all these futures. They own all these futures. It's just crazy. Right? Find it. Finance is like, I swear, it's like, you remember how I used to say all the time and it used to usually see Corey's eye twitch when I said it? What, what was that? And that was everything is bullshit until it isn't. 
Think, can you think like think about how deep like, <laughs> Daniel's yeah, like just that. like X, right? Like, yeah, I'm like gonna... that's the thing. Like Bitcoin even like had zero value proposition other than like it's like internet money, you know? That I don't think it had zero value proposition. It's not, okay, it's not zero. I'm 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 speaking in in hyperbole or whatever. Well, don't be so hyperbolic, my friend. Yeah, we can't I'll get anything to... done in a hyperbole. All right, gotta so, have straight lines, buddy. What I mean is hyperbole, hyperbolic, hyper, hyper. Go on. <laughs> You're like short circuiting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just for a second. I was hyper, hyper, hyper. Uh, no, I don't know. Like it has, it has, it has value proposition, but like at the end of the day, like you have to like fucking stick a miner into a wall socket and or like run it on your computer and basically put some effort and have some sort of faith that this can be used as a value of exchange and you just need a lot of people to do that same thing gotta have faith 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 seriously though right yeah like like faith is a strong word bro faith is dude faith is such a strong word the entire global financial system is backed by is is what is it's backing the entire global finance. This the U.S. dollar is backed by the credit and faith of the United States government. Like that's what's in the law. Not gold, not straws, not you know, not you know, Kevin Hart ticket sales, not water somewhere. Not yeah. meteorite minerals, the credit, which is extra faith, monetized faith, and faith, actual faith of the United States government. That doesn't even make any sense to me. So what that means is, like, I guess people got to really like the U.S. for dollars to have any value whatsoever. I think communities are powerful. I think that when people gather around an idea and they all like it and it resonates with people, which Bitcoin did in its early days mm-hmm. and a lot of different projects do to some extent in the space, but you know, there are also some that are kind of just money sucks. They're sucking money from you and putting it into their pocket. But it's just it's kind of crazy how Bitcoin survived. Whereas, you know, even the predecessors did not. Um, the reason why it's surviving and the predecessors did not is because it had enough time to become decentralized. But it was the only peer-to-peer one, right? Yeah. They slapped it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that, like, that's why I know crypto is not going anywhere is because enough time has gone by now that if back in 2015 – or 2017, a bank or large entity did want to start their own proof of work chain, there would be like enough work done. And then they would have just, they would not need a terrible amount of decentralization, but just enough to where they could have their own chain, right? It'd be secure and there would be cost savings and there would be all the things that Bitcoin offered when it first started up. So communities are very powerful. And I think that's kind of like what Bitcoin plays upon is Bitcoin played on the aspect that, hey, fiat currencies die. It's not an if, but a when, right? So instead of having a fiat currency, there's this other mode of value that you could use to base your fiat currency in, 
and then people just started believing in it and that's that's all it really matters is people to start believing in it that's everything is bullshit until it isn't jesse just kind of it's kind of crazy how like people gave ethereum a chance but then like they didn't give other you know alternatives at that time like back in 2017 a chance like they did remember remember and shares when before it turned into neo Mm -hmm. people dumped money into that thing too and it was i don't remember if it ever got above ethereum maybe it did but there were a lot of projects that were around then like i mean ardor and like so many different projects and they all they're not where they were before the reason why ethereum and bitcoin are winning i think is because i think i think there's a this is gonna get really like i've been smoking the reefer here i think humans have i don't know if it's negro domus i don't think this is negro domus rumor trash Uh, it's It's definitely a bidet that's not a toilet that's a bidet my friend that is a bidet it's a it's a toilet with a bidet built in. That's a bidet. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, I like to use my Trump impression whenever I'm trying to cut people off. Oh, okay, Just, uh, I know. Continue. So, eh, eh, sorry. Anyways, uh, what was I saying? People have a natural affinity and attraction to objective um, um, ideas and objective ideals, right? I think Bitcoin is so attractive mm-hmm. on a subconscious level because satoshi is gone we don't know who he is or they or her we don't know anything about them we know these words that they left right we know these words that they left and this technology that they started and they're gone technology that they started with an idea and the abstract of the white paper right people rally around that at a at a base level to where, to where even you Jesse I know you shit on bitcoin but I know you still might <laughs> buy some I still you kind of know that you kind of would, would love to have a lot of them like if no, you had a lot of them no because really? like here's the thing yeah the difference is like I want to hold something that I would actually use for instance like um uh, let's 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 say that I had a um I, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna use a crappy example because I can't think of a better one. Let's say that uh, I could brush my teeth better by hand than using an electric toothbrush. Okay. Um, I'm following you. And, and, and objectively, mm-hmm. I I actually could, right? Mm. I would I would I would put money money on the normal toothbrush versus the electric toothbrush. I wouldn't get it just because it's better, and so like. For instance, like uh, Bitcoin was better money at the time, and I I put money into Bitcoin. But as soon as it, it's still good technology, but like it lost its value proposition to me in terms of why I invested in in it. Like it didn't meet my my um, ideals and my. But you're still like, subscribing I, I, to ideals. I I am yeah. So like money is great. But I also wanted to come with ideals. So the difference that Bitcoin and Ethereum have, and uh-huh. Ethereum doesn't really have it. I'm really making a mental stretch, mental gymnastics, and I'll get into it. Okay. Is that the ideals are detached from a person? The ideas belong to an entity, like a thing, right? And like with Ethereum, the ideas attached to a person, Vitalik Buterin, but he's so unlike. I don't want, I'm going to say this and it might offend people. Normal 
people that it's like you could keep faith in him. And, you know, people are mad right now. Vitalik's definitely on the spectrum and spectrum is not like he's 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 out. He's a you could look at him and you can be like, okay, this guy's he's a genius. But, uh, you know, there's some other things going on there. And so people since he's not a quote unquote normal dude, people are like, yeah, I can subscribe to that dude like they had to be so extraordinarily different. But then there's other tokens with very good tech and very good ideas, but they're not catching on popularity wise because there's an idea that's attached to a person and that person they might not like. Do you ever play a video game just because it you liked it and it wasn't popular, but you just liked it? That's the way I I I, I play with crypto. Like, for instance, when everybody was playing League of Legends, I was playing this obscure game called Bloodline Champions. Why? Because I enjoyed it. It it it. It's uh, it was fun, right? Now, if I wanted to play a video game to like garner, you know, attention, audience, whatever, I probably would have played League of Legends. But I just wanted to have fun. Mm-hmm. And so, in that same vein, like if I find a crypto project that you know meets objective and idealistic uh, goals that I would like it to try and shoot for, hell yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money behind that. But that to me seems like a never ending game of infinite chase, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. in order to make your life function better, you have to use what everyone else is using. But everybody else, everybody else isn't completely in agreement on, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum as being the end all be all right, because it's continuously going through upgrades, right? Both of them are to try and, you know, be better at what they have evolved to promise, mm-hmm. right? They strayed away from their original narrative into a narrative I don't like anymore, but they are also continually trying to upgrade themselves to be better at the new narrative mm-hmm. that they're trying to say that they do. For it's instance, just, Ethereum, right? It's, it's, a, yeah. it's crappy. It's too slow and it costs a lot of money. What, what is it trying to do? It's trying to become ETH2. It's just, it's, I think... To go back to the beginning of the show and take it back a little bit, it's just I think we dramatically underestimated or we were very naive at the actual length of time with which this adopts and how it adopts into society. Like getting, I mean, just imagine how many years did it take for people to get a wrangle on like money and what it meant and how to use it and how you can do things with it. Right. Didn't it take like thousands of years? Yeah, it took thousands of years. Before that, they were like, shit, man. Like like, rocks and shells. Yeah, like, why don't you just take this bag of sand and we'll call it a deal? Right. Like, you know, just take this, take this bag of seashells and I'll give you some flowers. But then we know historically there there have been problems with people accepting, you know, let's say regional seashells because, you know, another region doesn't accept those seashells. And so it's like we're learning lessons. But but you wouldn't still be holding seashells just because seashells are worth or you, you see like that's what that's I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like I see Bitcoin as seashells. I want to use paper money now. And but like some not. people see paper. But it depends. Like that's like the almost the always the answer, right? Because contextually everything changes based on an individual, right? Word. Word. So so like for you, why does Bitcoin why do why do you why do you view Bitcoin as being uh, something you would put your money behind? What does it do for you? What does it promise you? Why do you have faith in it? 
Mm, those are very good questions. Questions I used to have the answer to right off the top of my head. Um, I would say that for me, I also try to distill things down to very simple and almost nonsensical rationale because it doesn't matter what my rationale is. I'm just uh, one little tiny human, a tiny, tiny timeline. But I'd rather trust the math than people with pen and paper. I, I'm going to like... Your reasons are the same reasons why people throw money at Hex. Go to the FAQ and all the reasons that you list that you've been talking about throughout this podcast are the reasons why people throw money at Hex. And so I want to dig out any real reason why you would, you know, something something that's different, you know, Mm -hmm. if there is anything. Hex is a probably a poor investment by the way just for people who are yeah yeah just yeah hashtag not investment advice yeah hashtag not investment advice yeah hashtag hex is just that a hex so um as a financial hex um so you know i don't know man it's 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 like a faith thing and you can't really describe faith you can't really put a definition on why you want to you believe in a thing and why you believe it has value I mean, yeah, you can, like you can, like people can distill down why they believe in in certain things. I'm sure that they can. Like, okay, here's a good example. Okay. How much is this keyword? I don't know. It depends. What is it open? Does it open anything? Absolutely. So it's like it's all context dependent, right? And so to me, it's worthless because I don't know what it opens. Right. It's just a piece all of metal. Work. So money, in, in essentially money just becomes a tool, right? Money is a tool. It's a, it's a technology and it's a tool, right? And so okay. that's all it boils down to is you just, you just put the nail on the head. Like this key either unlocks a house or unlocks a room or unlocks a safe. It depends what this key it points to, right? And that's what I think like it, it with with money with with bitcoin and money is like it's it depends right that big it depends is and is different for every person and and so when it comes to bitcoin and why people like it is i think it has the most consensus on what that it depends is for different people i don't i think you are taking advantage of your exposure to this space to be able to make the choice about which crypto tech is the one that you like the most or dislike the most? I think that depending on whatever goes fast and whatever like I can I can see myself using, like again, it's the same analogy. If I can see myself playing the video game and enjoying it, then I'm going to do that. But the moment I don't like the video game anymore, the moment I don't get any enjoyment, the moment I can't build anything on it, I I move on. Cuz again, it, like these are all tools to me. Like I'm not trying to like I you need you need like uh you need a good sandbox to to build your sandcastle or whatever, you know? And if, See, if there aren't is, is, what's tough is is that there we, we Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are tough mm-hmm. because they are brand spanking new. Yeah. That it's not just money 
it's also technology. And that is an irrefutable fact, right? Yeah. Because it is money, both money and technology. It's like we're sitting at the beginning of a millennia's worth of understanding in order to, to know how to use this stuff well. But does it, I mean, like it has to, it has to be worth something, but does it have to be money is my question. No, but that's just obvious. Like for instance, like if I buy you a bag of Cheetos, like you can obviously use it. You can, you can eat it, you could trade it, but you're probably not going to trade it. It's probably not worth your time to trade. You might just eat it or give it away to somebody else so they can eat it. Like why hasn't anybody developed a product and, and used a blockchain like there are costs associated with doing this, obviously, but I just wonder why the the secondary reinforcer for all of these networks has always been value. Just just make it something else. Just like there's well, plenty of other secondary reinforcers that you could use, or even primary reinforcers. Uh, how much do you care about your health? It depends on the person. Right. I so, so, care so, a lot. So right, it it depends, but I I would I would say that like you you value um, being healthy, right? I do. I like that my skin pops. Um, depending on who you are, you might value being more healthy than than. Yeah, that's my fuckboy face. (laughs) You have a fuckboy face? I don't know. I'm not sure. Come on, man, give it a shot. I don't. What do I do? I think you've got to like squint. Mm-hmm. Squinting, and you gotta like pucker up. You gotta do something with okay. your lips. Is this like blue steel, but like more chat? No, it's like if you're at the bar. Yeah. See, there it is. You just did it. Did I do it? it? Was it like, like a Clint Eastwood? It's kind of like Clint Eastwood. It's like it's more so like you're trying to get well. You're trying to look at a woman across the bar. Mm-hmm. And her her panties explode, like they just explode off of can't, her body. I can't do that. You gotta do it. It's the. I don't want to do that. Well, I mean, Daniel no. says it's off the rails. We gotta come back. So, so do you value your health? And the answer for a lot of people is probably yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, like, let's say that I can, I can, I can make you healthier. I'm not gonna transact in money, but I'm gonna transact in your health. Yeah, but that would only appeal to healthy people. Healthy people, like people who some people are don't not. Shit, bro. Some people mainline Popeye's but chicken, some people, bro. Some people don't care about Bitcoin, but there's still some, a market for that. Somebody out there is trying to snort a drumstick Absolutely. as we speak. Trying to make, they're trying to inject Popeye's chicken grease into their shit, bro, mm-hmm. as we speak. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, why, why haven't blockchains been used for anything other than currency? Because like crypto, we don't call it crypto and just leave it off. We call it cryptocurrency. Because it's the natural, like it, it's it's an obvious use case of having a ledger that's distributed amongst a bunch of parties is like, oh, we can keep track of things. Oh, we keep track of things with dollars, right? So let's just keep track of things with this other thing that does it better than dollars. But like low-hanging fruit is also supply chain and NFT stuff, right? The intersection of those two. Absolutely. Those are things that people are trying to people are trying to use blockchain technology to fix. But the thing about supply chains is Mm -hmm. the value is not. That's the thing of why the thing why better for money to like 
yeah. money play because supply chains don't just belong to the people like me and you jesse don't own a supply but what if chain? they could a trade company owns but like here's the chain. thing before money yeah. money belonged to governments right we just we just we're we're basically transacting in borrowed time i mean you make me want to go to church saying stuff like that bro i'm just i'm just like wondering if we couldn't do something a little bit better like different we can't bro we need money <laughs> no we i mean like money. what i mean is like uh better blockchain projects like i would put my money in better blockchain projects that aren't using money i would put my money on projects using the blockchains that exist better but what if the blockchains that exist right now yeah so like i agree humanity uh, I agree. is insatiable while we're taking people to church here humanity mm -hmm. is insatiable Humanity always wants a better. Always. There's never a good enough for well, humanity. What I, what I mean is, like, rather than playing the money for the sake of money game, which money is great, don't get me wrong. Yeah, like, I love it. We money, all need bro. money. I love it. But, like, um, there's also other plays that people could do, but I just don't like. Like, for instance, everybody's doing the M NFT memorabilia stuff. Uh... Well, people, I mean, I don't think anything better could be done with money at this moment. We're not to that point. Supply chains, the thing is that supply chains don't belong to everyone. So applying blockchain technology to these different things where yeah. there's already an established, there's established layers of businesses and protocols is, is not, it doesn't. But like we all use TCP IP for internet. That's, yeah, that's, that's one protocol or two, right? Yeah, it is, but so there's multiple protocols. But but here's the thing, we're all using it mm -hmm. for multiple different purposes. Rather than you know just PayPal, you've got Amazon, you've got I don't know other businesses built on top of that protocol. So like I I just I'm ready for other businesses. I guess is what I'm saying. And 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 that being said, we can segue to the interview. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bitcoin Podcast, as always. Well, not always these days, but I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Corey Petty with Jesse. Say what's up, Jesse. Yo, what's up, everybody? And today, we're going to talk about Curio. We have Juan Hernandez with us to discuss all things Curio, what it's doing, why it's doing it, where it thinks it's going. Uh, Juan, do the normal thing and kind of tell us how you got introduced into this ecosystem and, and what Curio is. Yeah, great, great. So I started, you know, with Curio, you know, we were an NFT platform and an exchange. Um, but, you know, we're not trying to be like OpenSea or Rarible. Um, we try to provide a, a curated experience uh, to, to our users. Um, and so, so we work with select partners on creating officially licensed NFTs that we have on the platform. Uh, both for selling and for trading. Um, so, so we're more akin to perhaps, you know, a Nifty Gateway or a Dapper Labs. Um, but where we differ from those folks is we, we focus exclusively on media and entertainment. And, and for us, that means uh, working with movie studios, television production companies, music labels, and graphic novel companies to create officially licensed NFTs with uh, their content um, and, and then target it towards the fans of that content. So um, if you read between the lines there, you can see we're going after mainstream fans. And, and we think, you know, that there's a huge need for more type of this activity to really target a mainstream audience uh, uh, for NFTs in general, uh, you know, blockchain adoption. So 
you know, really excited to be working. It's, you know, uh, exciting is not the right word. I'm just going to say fun because that's what it is. It's kind of combining blockchain and combining uh, media and entertainment plays. Um, but, you know, that, that's the intersection of where we play. And it's just, you know, been a blast since we started this last year. I kind of see like NFTs just drastically expanding the merchandising industry of, of like traditional media and entertainment. Is that kind of like the approach there? You know, that, that's, where it, that's where it starts, flash started. So when we started last year, uh, the first company we, we started working with uh, a television production company called Fremantle Productions. They own several TV shows, including uh, American Gods, uh, which um, aired on Stars and, and Amazon Prime. Um, and, and we actually we did an NFT collection with them. We actually do that show. Um, they also own a couple of other TV shows, including yeah, The Price is Right, America's Got Talent, American Idol. Uh, so just a lot of, you know, really great uh, TV shows. But when we started working with them, it, it was very much, you know, we slotted along the sort of merchandising slash licensing channels. Um, because that, that's where people, that's where folks from the industries were, were you know, that, that was a mindset that they were accustomed to thinking in. And so, you know, the NFTs became, started out as just sort of a digital merchandising play. Uh, but where we quickly took it collectively was, was, you know, thinking beyond this, you know, of the NFT just like as a digital beanie baby and, and thinking about an NFT as a, you know, a passport or a key to unlocking new digital experiences. Because um, if all you're doing is using the NFT as a bean baby, you're you're really not taking full advantage of what the technology has to offer, uh, namely that that two-way connectivity, right? where the the fan can connect with the content owner directly, and the content owner can create can connect directly with the fan, and you can have a conversation, you know, a, a two-way street there um, to sort of be a push and pull uh, content back and forth, and so. You know, we, we, we challenge Fremantle and, and, and our other brand partners as well to think beyond uh, just a static object, a static collectible, and think about, you know, what sort of new digital experiences can be offered in this channel. Um, and, and, you know, we, we try to be selective with our partners. And, and, and you know, today they've all really uh, you know, risen to that challenge and said, okay, what else can we do with this? So, uh, for example, one of our upcoming drops, um, it, it's what a... a uh, the artist named uh, Young Bay, uh, who does uh, a lot of uh, graphic novel collaborations, um, and so so we have an NFT collection uh, uh, for his his uh, graphic novel. Um, but Young Bay is providing a, a private DJ set to NFT holders, and so you start layering you know those digital experiences on top of the NFT, and it really starts to you know shift the paradigm of how people think about NFT. I have a question for you, Juan. Yeah. Um, how do you uh, ensure like legal ownership over merchandise associated with an NFT, or you know, like how do you guarantee legal rights associated with NFT relationships you're setting up? Yeah, you know, we we work directly with the IP owners. Um, so, in the case of uh, you know TV shows, we work with the, the uh, producing company behind it, or, or movies, we work in movie studios. Uh, graphic novels, we work you know, directly with publishing companies. Um, and so what that does is, is allows us to, you know, work hand in hand with our partners to customize what um, what the content that's being released and how it's being released. And so we, we um, try to be very clear both on the platform and, and we actually embed uh, some of this information in the metadata um, 
uh, on, on the NFT itself to kind of you know be, be clear on on you know what uh, what the NFT represents and kind of what um, you know how the, the limits of, of sort of the copyright aspect apply uh, for that particular collection. So um, it is something that you know again because we're very um, you know we provide a curated marketplace right? we don't let someone um, you know, you don't allow someone to mint an NFT that, that perhaps, you know, of a brand that they enjoy, um, you know, we try to work directly with the content owners to ensure that there's, you know, not any brains in terms of copyright law. Hmm. Let me try and like rephrase that in my head. So you're working with relatively big names about how they can improve the engagement of their products, uh, kind of like layer different offerings based on based on that engagement. So for a given graphic novel, as your instance, you can release a set of NFTs and based on ownership of those NFTs, you have exclusive offerings based on a, a private DJ set, right? Things like that. Right. Actually like really enhances the experience of people who are consuming the, the, the initial content and then getting secondary content from it after that. Uh, and then you have baked in kind of rights to ownership of those types of things. And what, what I'm not... I'm, I'm ignorant to this is like say for in the, in the concept of like a, a, a merger acquisition from the, the larger uh, IP owners, is that something that usually transitions or can they, can they shut that off and say, we, we're not doing that anymore. And so like potentially an, an owner of an NFT in their wallet is just like shut off from that ex exclusive content. And would that happen beforehand if in, in some other circumstance? No, we, we had the, our brand partners think about um, these NFTs on the physical objects, if you will, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, when, once you release it into the wild, you know, if, let's say you're selling uh, figurines, uh, for example, um, uh, of your characters, um, uh, you're selling them at, you know, at different trade shows or, or you know, through uh, bookstores or whatnot. Um, you know, once it's out in the wild, you know, once you get past that, the, the point of sale, you know, there's really no recall in that physical object um, in the sense of, you know, if you discontinue the line for whatever reason, um, you know, you discontinue your, your, the content. Show. So. <laughs> right. People still have, if anything, they become more valuable, right? Because it, it's, it's, it's a collectible from a, a show that, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, there's, there's sort of a, it becomes a bit more vintage over time. Um, so we do push the brands to kind of think in that capacity. Um, you know, certainly if they discontinue the show or, or something to that effect, but then probably they'll stop layering some of the value, you know, those additional fan experience services on top of it. Um, but, but the actual object itself, you know, is supposed to be you know, timeless and, and go on in, in, into perpetuity. Um, so so that's, that's how we kind of push uh, the brand partners to think about it because a lot of times, you know, the, how people thought about digital ownership before NFTs was just, you know, it's a, you know, they're in-game figurines, right? That, you know, whether it's Fortnite or Minecraft, right? You, you can buy stuff in there, but you don't really own it. And, you know, Fortnite and Minecraft can, can just kind of choose to pull it back. Um, you know, with NFTs, with blockchain, you know, you don't have, you know, that, uh, that mechanism anymore. And, and you're, you're giving your users true sovereignty over their digital assets, which Know, big fundamental change that you know blockchain and NFTs have enabled, especially those like secondary and tertiary marketplaces or people being able to tack on services based on ownership. Say, for instance, I mean, this is something that I that I work on personally is 
giving people the ability to use NFTs outside of the original use case of them. So like uh, chat channels that um, allow you access to a specific group based on ownership of a given NFT, right? Yeah. It doesn't care about how you got it or where you got it. If someone wants to make a, a more exclusive group based on that ownership, they can do those types of things, which weren't like previously capable of. You either had to tap into something like in-game items from Valve, which you're not going to do, or like right. proof of an email, which isn't going to work. So like, uh, I'm based on that, I, I mean, most of my questions are going to be like, the user experience for people and kind of how things, how this stuff lives technically forever. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you make decisions based on where to mint these things and whether or not that's going to be there forever or like how to migrate them in the happenstance that there's a better, more uh, efficient technology that, that takes over later on down the line. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we build on Ethereum on mainnet. Um, you know, that was a choice we made last year. Um, you would be surprised how um, knowledgeable some of the execs are of the distinction between Ethereum and the variety of other, you know, L1 and L2s. Um, we, we were surprised by, by how savvy they were in terms of, um, there's been an insistence, insistence on working largely on Ethereum. Um, you know, so some of the, some of the chains that are popping up that they're, you know, targeting NFT to a certain extent. Um, you know, one of the concerns that, that we hear from a lot of brand partners we work with is, you know, how do I know this other chain will be here in five years, ten years, right? Because you want your you want your digital item to to be able to live forever. Um, so, uh, you know, for example, uh, Tops is is uh, a partner we're working with. Um, we've got uh, uh, an upcoming collection with their Mars Attacks uh, property. We're super excited about this game. Give me a lot of fun. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I, you know, we're we're really going to pay homage to the original, uh, you know, cards, the original series. Um, oh, but, but bring it to you know I today's today's modern era. Yeah, you're going to love it. Um, you know, so so it's it's a lot of what we do. You know, we really try to stay true to you know what core hardcore fans would actually expect. Um, and then, you know, obviously bring it forward, uh, you know, with the technology into to the, the blockchain world. Um, but, but, you know, tops, for example, you know, they, they sell a lot of baseball cards, for example, and, and those cards are meant to be timeless, right? I should be able to pass on my most prized baseball card, which is just a Kirby pocket rookie card, <laughs> uh, which is not, not terribly uh, exciting, but you know, I should be able to pass that down to my daughter. And she should be able to pass it down to her daughters. Um, so, you know, these are meant to be timeless instruments. Um, and, you know, blockchain adds that new sort of complexity of, okay, is the chain I'm building on going to be here in 10 years, 20 years, 100 years? And so, you know, that, that's certainly been something that's been top of mind with, with a lot of our partners. Um, so so they, they are pushing very heavily for, for Ethereum. Um, so, so, you know, we, we've chosen to, to primarily build there. Uh, we've got some L2 partners we're working with, um, but the, by and large, we, we try to stay kind of on, you know, the place where it's going to have maximum interoperability. Um, you know, so, so you mentioned the example of, of a, you know, third-party platform saying, okay, you know, we love the, um, you know, heavy metal drop that, that Karyo did, um, you know, uh, uh, recently, and we'd like to target fans of heavy metal with our uh, product or, or service, and so so they can provide ancillary benefits to all heavy metal NFT owners, and, and they can easily verify that on chain. 
because you know Ethereum just uh, sort of is this open ledger, um, and and so you know we want that full interoperability and that full um, you know interaction that can happen at the community level where anyone can choose to set up you know on decentraland set up a little. Uh, you know, uh, gallery for heavy metal fans, and and you need a heavy metal NFT to get in there. So, you know, that that's something we you know we we want to be able to have our NFTs live anywhere uh, in the metaverse. That you know, not just that we know of today, but 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 the things that you know pop up over the next six to twelve months. We want to ensure that our NFTs are capable of working across uh, all these different instances. Mm-hmm. Yes, you got something. I got, I got questions for days. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess, I guess, uh, more specifically, like I, you probably know of projects like uh, Filecoin, um, Chia, or whatever. Um, are you guys leveraging any of those um, places to store the NFTs long term? Uh, yes. Yes. So actually, uh, the Protocol Lab, the company behind Filecoin um, and IPFS, uh, they, they actually invested in our company. So, so we just uh, closed on a seven million dollar round. Uh, just last month, um, and thank you. And and, and Protocol Labs uh, was one of our, our investors, along with uh, Fushi, uh, Kinetic Capital, um, uh, Long Hash Ventures, Cabin Capital, Gummy Crypto, <laughs> Pike's Capital. It, it was you know nice long list there. Um, but uh, yeah, so so we're working with Protocol Labs team on a couple of uh, specific use cases around um, you know working with our brand partners on releasing. Um, you know, doing things like releasing uh, um, releasing songs, for example, um, um, in, in the use case of, of some of our music label partners, you know, releasing tracks early, right, and, and providing NFT owners access to these, you know, a sneak peek at these tracks that, that haven't been made public yet. It's sort of a way of, you know, almost like a fan club type experience, right? You reward your most loyal, most engaged uh, fans, uh, you know, with early exclusive access to to experiences like that, and so, so um, you know, with IPFS, you know, obviously it can enable a lot of you know these these different types of file storage scenarios. So, so we're working closely with that team on um, you know being able to leverage that that uh, distributed network in a way that um, you know allows a fan not just here in the U.S. but also you know in Asia to be able to um, sort of uh, partake in the same uh, NFT engagement as, as others. Hmm. What, do you cool. do, what do you rely upon for your users to hold these NFTs, their, their interface to uh, seeing what they have, managing them, and, and making sure that the private keys that control these things are actually safe and secure? Like, how do you, how do you one, like, what technologies are you already leveraging that currently exists? And how are you educating them on, on making sure that you know, they don't lose their seed phrase or yeah. they're not giving it away or, or things like that. Yeah. So, so we provide, um, you know, we provide services for both our, you know, hardcore crypto users and also our, our, our mainstream users. Um, and so you know, the thing that we found with the mainstream users is that, you know, setting up a MetaMask, going and getting, you know, Ethereum to pay for gas fees, you know, all of these uh, different, um, you know, uh, pre-actions that are needed. We'll call it UX like, problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, let's call it a friction. Um, <laughs> you know, these are actually all blockers for, for a lot of um, for, for a lot of the mainstream fans who you know are 
you know, rabid fans and, and, and will, you know, pick up anything that their favorite band or their favorite movie puts out. And so, you know, we don't want to have blockers for those types of participants. Um, so, so we provide actually a custodial wallet um, aspect on, on the platform. Um, and we also have the full sovereignty option. So, um, you know, you can come with your MetaMask, you can pay with Ethereum, you can pay with stable coins on our platform. Or if you have no idea what a MetaMask is, you know, we also let you pay uh, with a credit card. Um, and then we, we hold it for you in a custodial wallet. But then we do work on educating um, because we, we think, you know, the full power of NFTs is enabled by actually taking it across the metaverse, right? Taking it to those other platforms that let you do cool things with, with your NFTs. Um, and, and for that, you need a bit of education you know, to get up to speed on, okay, what is that? How do I set it up? Where do I get, you know, uh, a bit of Ethereum for gas? And, and you know, try to walk people through the, on our platform, we call it the export process to, to mm-hmm. take it off the platform. Um, and so, so we make it very easy for them to use uh, the web platform to then move it to their MetaMask uh, wallet once they've set it up. But, but we, we push that to the tail end of the transaction. Because for us, if you start requiring all of that up front, you're just going to lose, you know, Terrible onboarding experience. Yeah, you're going to lose 90% of, of mainstream users who have no idea what this is. So, um, you know, it, it, it's something that certainly over the last couple of months, we've seen a huge acceleration of mainstream knowledge of what is an NFT, right? Whether it's on SNL or, or, you, know, or, or you know, one of those other outlets. But, but, but there's still just, just a huge question mark of, you know, how do I get an NFT? And, you know, internally, we, we, we pride ourselves in being able to get a mainstream user to their first NFT in 30 seconds or less um, because we, we, we provide a you know, standard e-commerce flow that they're accustomed to um, where they can pay with a credit card. And then once you've acquired your first NFT, now you can start to learn about, okay, what else can I do with this NFT? And, oh, look, there's these exciting third-party platforms out there, you know, be it lazy.com where I can, you know, build cool galleries or, um, you know, take it to Decentraland and, and, and you know, start building there's a lot of cool tools you can do with it, but but you have to take your first step and, and, and get that first NFT. And and that's what we focus on, you know, getting people to their first NFT in, in, in 30 seconds or less. Hmm. Do you guys do enough. that? Go ahead. No, I was just asking you, Corey, do you guys like, what's your, what's your time on your NFT to user? Oh, for, so I, I have a company that part of our product offering as a voice is a self-custodian wallet, but we're one of the weird far in folks that don't make any compromises in terms of centralization. So we're yeah. mainly focused towards capturing people who are already looking for something like that. Yeah. So like, but what I was going to say is like, I find it very interesting that um, products like yours end up becoming uh, the main educational resources for people to learn so, because like, you're getting you're, you're you're getting their foot in the door in a lot of ways yeah, right they, they get something they get value or what they perceive as value um yeah and, and, and ownership and they're like and then you're giving them a subset of potential features that they can do based on what your platform offers and it's like oh you want to do that well you need to do this step and that step is relatively big and this is the problem that anything like our company has is that onboarding experience is long and cumbersome and confusing and products like yours allow you to get your foot in the door and then handhold to the point of offering good educational resources to get to the point of sovereignty that someone may want at the end. 
Yeah, no, agreed. I think with American Gods is our first collection, and you know, just just from obviously in early days, you're talking to all your customers, and and just just by speaking with a number of you know our early adopters, um, it became very clear that it was largely mainstream users who this is their first NFT. They love American Gods. You know, they, they love anything and everything that comes out about American Gods, um, and they. Have heard about had heard about NFTs at the time, saw that American Gods was working with the platform to put out an NFT collection, and said, "Okay, why not?" You know, and came and signed up and saw they could pay with credit card and, and purchased their first NFT. And, and you know, since then that they've been purchasing other NFTs and starting to play around. And you know, um, you know, our support team is busy, um, you know, helping people with their basic MetaMask questions, right? Saying, "Oh, I tried to." I tried to take this to OpenSea, but oh, it's asking me to asking me to pay <laughs> gas now. Why, why is it asking me to pay hundred dollars in gas? I don't your support team. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, so you know, and anecdotally, we, we've done surveys of our of our user base, but anecdotally, we're seeing a roughly you know half and half split of, of mainstream versus you know crypto folks, and and, and you know, as I mentioned, you know, we, we've done sort of a qualitative you know survey. But just looking at our data too, you know, because um, a couple of data points, we can see if you connect the MetaMask, you know, you, you link a MetaMask to your account. Um, and then you can also, you know, try to, uh, you know, uh, um, fund your account, you know, with Ethereum or stablecoin. So, so we see that, you know, over half of our um, user base just does not ever attempt to, you know, link stuff uh, uh, to, to their account, which to us, you know, certainly there are crypto folks who just keep it on the platform, but that's what kind of indicates, you know, that the user base leans heavily towards the mainstream um, audience who, you know, is a fan of American Gods or, or, you know, we did an NFT collection with Universal Pictures on Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, so they had a 10th anniversary re-release. We did NFTs of all the weapons of the movie. Uh, just really cool. Um, and so, exists. You know, I'm going to go buy one. Like, yeah, yeah, go on the platform, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can, I'll, I'll sit here and time you 30 seconds or less. Go. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Already concrete Scott Pilgrim. Yep. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so oh. for Scott Pilgrim collections um, is sold out. So you'll have to go to the exchange and buy it on the secondary market. Um, but uh, so, so, you know, Scott Pilgrim has such a, you know, hardcore fan base that, you know, um, you know, we had I'm a lot of users. Who, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we had. A, I mean, so so you're actually you're you're our our sort of sort of the hybrid target, right? Because you're you're obviously in that immersed in the blockchain world, and you're a fan of you know our, our content partners, which is mm -hmm. you know ideal. Um, but we often find you know that we have a lot of the mainstream fans who just you know love Scott Pilgrim, have heard a lot about NFTs, and said, okay, you know, I'll give this a try. Um, and so, so it's great, you know, we, we, as part of our custodial wallet mechanism, we do set up a, a wallet for, for all users, even, uh, the mainstream folks. So, so we are, you know, to your earlier point, we're, we're giving people their first taste, uh, of, of, um, you know, crypto. Um, and, you know, let, let's say you sell something on the platform, um, and, you know, you have, um, you know, a little bit of extra in your account balance, you, you know, we let you withdraw that to your bank account just via ACH, or we also let you withdraw that via stablecoin. Um, so it gets interesting there because now people start to experiment and say, okay, what is a stablecoin? 
you know, I, and so, you know, we have some educational material on the platform to try to educate folks around what a stable coin is. And, you know, we, we've had, you know, some support tickets opened around, you know, I'm trying to use a stable coin for the first time and I'm trying to do X, Y, Z, you know, so, so, you know, we're seeing that, that a lot of people, this is their first foray in, into crypto, but, but it's, it's, you know, I think it's not their last, right? To just kind of judging by what we're hearing and seeing that, you know, they're, they're starting to dip their toes into other pools um, in the blockchain world. And, and, and that's exciting to us because we think that that's what's needed for this industry to reach its full potential, right? If it's just, if it's just the same 4,000 people that are trading, you know, apes or, or, uh, or crypto punks back and forth with each other, then, you know, we're not, we're not going to get to that level that, that we all wanted to be at. So, so we think, you know, platforms like ours and NFTs in general, we have that huge potential to have that crossover appeal and, and bring a whole universe of, of new participants, mainstream participants uh, uh, to the crypto world. Interesting. I definitely I mean, I, argue that. Go ahead, Jesse. No, I was, so I was going to ask, like, uh, how, how do you, the people who like purchase NFTs on your platform, do you kind of like have like a sense of how they feel afterwards? Like, do they, do they feel happy that they purchase the merchandise and the demographics? I'm just curious, like yeah. what are the demographics? Would looking you say like? no, if that's the case? <laughs> would you, would you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess for the most part, people tell us, yeah, I'm trying to think like, you know, you're right. But they tell us no, you know, I, I guess a no would be if we like just never hear from someone ever again. Right. I, I guess that's a no, right. If they just walk away unimpressed, um, but, you know, so far we've heard just a lot of, yes, you know, like when, when is this next collection uh, coming out? You know, so, so American Gods, we did a second drop of, of American Gods content just this last week, actually wrapped up. Um, there were some characters that, that were not part of the first collection that, that people were asking a lot about, in particular, a character named Mr. World. Mm. Um um, that people really wanted to see, so so we you know included that character in a second collection. So um, so typically that's the kind of feedback we get. We get a lot of requests for uh, you know um, uh, you know, we're, we're we're it's not intentional, but we're kind of skewing a lot towards graphic novels. So so people want to see like the boys right from Amazon, and you know we're in process on, on things like that. You know we we try to. Yeah, listen to our to our you know core fan base on Discord, and, and you know they they've got their requests in on what they'd love to see, and you know we try to target our our uh, our biz dev efforts in, in that direction. But um, yeah, for the most part, you know we, we it, it's interesting on Discord. We you know we've got a strong community there, and I, I love I love the blockchain community just in the sense of kind of how active they are in, in, in products and services that they love, and then how much feedback they'll give you. So you know sometimes we even run. Uh, so some some things that we have some some uh, content partners that we have in the pipeline we we run them by our, our fans on Discord and say hey well, how do you guys think about this or that so for example we've got uh, a collection coming up next week actually around American Psycho uh, the movie yeah. um, and we, we, we've, we've it's got a movie some, yeah that could get yeah, weird <laughs> yeah that collection yeah, can get real 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 quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we've got a couple of fun things in, in that collection. Um, you know, that, that's one that, you know, we, we ran by our, our fan base and said, hey, what would you guys think about this? You know, how would you want to see this structured? Because there's there's a lot of directions to go with some of these projects. Um, you know, typically we work very closely with our brand partners on putting together the collection, right? Because we want to make sure that the collection is not just, you know, let's 
let's slap five JPEGs on, on chain and call it a date, right? And see what sells. It's, you know, we try to craft a strong narrative that we think will appeal not just to sort of the, the hardcore fans of, of that property, but also, you know, blockchain folks who, who might be getting introduced to this property for the first time. Um, because that is that's part of the value proposition that we offer to our content partners that, you know, let's say it's a property that's very popular here in the U.S., right? Blockchain is very, you know, it has no borders. And so, you know, um, NFTs that go through our platform can be seen halfway across the world. You know, we're working on our uh, relationships with Asian uh, uh, market partners on, you know, creating events, creating, uh, you know, other marketing and, and um, uh, outreach efforts in, in different markets. So, um, you know, if you've got a TV show uh, that's popular here in the U.S. or a graphic novel that's popular here in the U.S. but hasn't had international exposure, you know, we can provide that to you uh, via our user base. And, and so, you know, we, we try to ensure that the narrative not only caters to the hardcore fans, but, but also is, is friendly enough to kind of um, you know, be able to uh, attract a, a new universe of, of fans who, uh, you know, may have never seen this. It's like um, Concrete Park, one of our graphic novel partners, um, um, you know, certainly um, uh, it was published on Dark Horse Comics um, several years ago, um, but, you know, not at the scale of, of uh, you know, the Avengers, right? And so, you know, I think we've done a great job of introducing uh, a, a large new um, uh, group of people to the Concrete Park universe and, and all the characters there. And, and we're working on additional projects uh, with the Concrete Park team, um, including potentially a, a generative avatar series where, uh, you know, you can uh, effectively uh, receive a unique character from the Concrete Park universe and you know, leverage it just as you would a board ape or, or, you know, one of those other avatar series. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things, a lot of directions that, that we can go in with our partners, but we try to ensure that, you know, we're taking input from our fan base into account to make sure that it's something that they want to see. What I'm excited to see over time is uh, what people do with these things. And I'm looking at these, these Scott Pilgrim weapons. Um, and what I would love to do is play a game that incorporates ownership of a given NFT that gives me a certain aesthetic in the game that I'm playing based yeah. on these things, right? Which Which takes a tremendous amount of work from that game, but... If you can do that programmatically or or have partnerships that do that type of stuff, you can enable a tremendous amount of kind of these marketplaces and then additional functionality of these NFTs in the first place. Say I got an NFT based on uh, an album that I bought or uh, a, a movie that I bought from, from a marketplace that then I can leverage in a myriad of other ways. That's going to incentivize me to go and look at those things and figure out whether or not I want to look engage in this stuff, right? And, and even if it just, because I, when, I, when I think of NFTs in the most generic sense possible, it's, it's entertaining access control, right? Like it allows me to have ownership of a thing. It allows me to do things, but I just, I, I bought it because I like it. Yeah. More often than not, more often than not, especially well, in today's NFT marketplace, I'm buying it because it's, I think it's neat. And I want to have access and I want to have ownership of it. And it's, and it's rare. And I know that no one else has it at least ownership. Right. Uh, but like when I can start to leverage it in the other things that I'm spending my time doing is when it gains a tremendous amount of like real value in my life versus like 
potential speculative value of art ownership or like access control. I can, since I own this thing, I can now, I now have exclusive access to this group of people doing this thing or the show that's going to happen. Right. And, and, and now people, the, the, the content creators of the, of that art have direct access to the people who care the most about the thing they're creating. And so like, I'm really interested in that secondary tertiary use cases of the original, the original distribution. Right. And how, and how, and as, as standards get better and yeah. um, what types of metadata fields are inside of it and how that then gets leveraged by other parties, when that stuff gets better and better and better, which is, yeah. which is what companies like you are kind of pushing towards and as you, as you distribute these things, you're going to start to see a lot of that stuff have to start to happen. It's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, you know, some of the secondary tertiary benefits right now are very binary in, in terms of access, right? So, so Essential say, and maybe like, uh, yeah, you know I mean, like it's it's. I bought it because it's cool, and now that I know who has it, I'm gonna give them access to a show or something. Right, like that. right. It's very binary. Either you have the NFT or you don't, and as a result of that, you either gain access to a space in Decentraland, you gain access to a private Discord channel, you gain access to you know a private room somewhere online. I, I think you know even offline, you know, we're, we're with, with Comic Cons kind of spinning up again in the fall. Um, and, you know, the pandemic hopefully easing entirely, um, you know, uh, some of the use cases we're working on are allowing for the NFT to serve as a backstage pass or as access to exclusive greets at some of these physical events. But 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 even there, to your point, it's, it's very basic. It's, it's either you have it or you don't. And, and I think where it gets interesting, once sort of the metadata standards evolve, is almost if there's like a usage element within it. So maybe you have there are 10 instances or 10 usages, uh, you know, you can use the NFT for, and then once it gets depleted, maybe you have to sell it for it to get replenished or, or things like that. It starts to get really interesting. Some of the, the different dynamics and game elements you can start to incorporate, not just online, but also offline um, in terms of different fan experiences. So um, th those are things we're looking at, but they are, you know, again, like, you know, there needs to be a lot of, coordination across um, you know, different third-party platforms for some of this stuff to work. Um, but I think it's just a matter of time, I mean, you know, especially because, you know, the line between offline and online events or, or experiences starts to blur a bit more uh, with AR, VR tools. Well, I think you're going to start to see NFTs, you know, get leveraged a lot more to unlock, you know, unique digital experiences across the board. We were actually talking with... Uh... Vinay Gupta, who does uh, the Materium platform, uh, and he he works with uh, William Shatner on severing a bunch of memorabilia and, and things like that, right? And so a lot of, like a part of his play is this kind of uh, large celebrity memorabilia marketplace. And he's saying that like, like part of the comments in, in that episode was basically saying like crypto conferences are going to get a lot weirder in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, because people are like, it's going to be pimping NFTs and <laughs> AR starts to become a thing. You're going to have like physical rep, like well, I guess digital representations in AR at the place based on the wares people are trying to get out, right? Yeah. Or, and, and and then tagging a physical item with a digital representation as an NFT will then start to kind of become this like swap meet scenario in a, in a, in a crypto conference. And don't get me wrong. Crypto conferences have always been weird. But a little bit. When you yeah. start to, 
bring that stuff in and and the and like the fanaticism of uh some of the people behind buying and moving this type of stuff it's going to get real interesting and at least like entertaining right yeah yeah real weird yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) you can see i look forward to it i think it's awesome yeah no no we we think it's absolutely moving in that direction so you know a lot of it it, it sounds like you you just uh you guys are looking at the platform right now or or earlier um you'll see we do a lot with 3d um we use this technology called webgl which is a open source standard and pretty much it works on every browser out there so um you know we, we we made a strategic decision early on not to like force you to download an app because you know i think everyone has too many apps and, and again you're creating more friction so so we wanted to ensure that our nfts kind of have that full 3d look and feel that can work in any browser including your phone um actually i think mobile there's older versions of mobile safari where it doesn't work um but, but i think you know safari is starting to quickly become the new internet explorer <laughs> um but uh but, but for us it, you know that's really important to be able to uh have what i like to call that tactile experience uh with your nfts because otherwise you're just looking at a picture that sits on your computer and you know we still need more tools built out across the ecosystem to like add a lot more of that fun, uh, you know, that fun element of, you know, for example, being able to, you know, pick up a, a baseball card in your hand or some other object and, you know, look at it from all angles and show it out to your friends in person. And so, you know, we, we try to do a lot with, with, with 3D modeling because um, we think that that gives that tactile experience in the browser. Um, and then obviously makes it fun to just show it off, right? To show it off on social, to create galleries. Absolutely. Showing off is a very big market. Yeah, flexing, flexing. <laughs> it's all about flexing in, in the collectible. Nerds space. flexing. Yeah, nerds <laughs> flexing. Yeah, that's that's an oxymoron if I've ever heard. One. <laughs> um, I'd say I'd say nerds flexing is a larger market than uh, than non nerds flexing because they're gonna they're gonna be buying, they're gonna be spending a lot of money on things that are very obscure. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So, so yeah, there, there's a lot there, and so you know, I, I we're definitely still in early days, and and that's that's just really fun and exciting, um, you know, for us at Curio that you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that still needs to be built, and, and you know, we're working on building a good amount of it. Um, there's a, there's just a lot of basic tools and services that aren't aren't there yet, and and you know, it's it's it's, it's a lot of fun being at the forefront of that um, and kind of redefining you know what fandom means and and, and what it means to own your fandom and you know truly have um you know th- that sense of you know i belong to this community because i, I own a part of the community so you know it's just, overall just, just been a fun ride and we, you know, we're super excited to keep it going so i kind of wanted to wrap but that that brought another question to my mind that I, I think i would like to bring up and that is like if i think about what curio is in in the ecosystem you're a service provider to content creators and and, I, and IP owners on tokenizing their IP and distributing it to the, the people who'd like to have it. And so like you're, you're, you're saying like, you want to do this? Like these are the services we provide. How do we figure out how to maybe come up with drops or collections of NFTs and to distribute them to your users and get them to interact with it in some way, shape or form? That means that like you're abstracting a lot of the, technological mess that um, other marketplaces either defer to their users um, and, and and your audience isn't generally going after. So how do you, how are you 
positioning yourself to extract that away uh, that keeps up with the times and and guarantees that like it's it's going to be like how are you keeping up with things? The space moves so fast. It does yeah? How are you trying to make sure that you're delivering things at the current level of tech while at, at with, with like a reasonable level of security and usability for the end users. Like how are you, how do you position yourselves in that kind of in between marketplace of uh, I'm catering to people who have quality content with serious fans and, and still be useful to like the like strong crypto nerds like ourselves. Yeah. You know, it, Initially, right now, we're doing a lot of handle, 100%, because you know, we're bringing some of these bigger you know, content partners into this you know, metaverse, of the blockchain universe, uh, and, and that requires a lot of handle, uh, not just to get them comfortable with, with the process and then kind of how NFTs work, but, but also to ensure that they're putting out good NFT collections, because I think we've all seen NFT collections go wrong, where it's clear, you know, the company does. Yeah, yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> Everything always oh, knows just about them. Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's too. Um, but um, you know, no, for us, you know, it, it's again, it's around the narrative and around the content itself. So, so we do a lot of handle there to ensure that you know our content partners are comfortable and, and they're putting forward a strong collection that's going to resonate. It's not just their core fan base, but new fans. Um, but beyond that, you know, once we get past sort of that initial phase, that, that I think you know over the coming months. As more and more, uh, you know, big companies get into the space, you know, where we see ourselves kind of continuing to provide value, just by building out our suite of and engagement around um, you know, distribution mechanisms, around different gamification layers, um, you know, th- that that's where we see ourselves playing largely, and, and then really providing our partners with the tools that they need to almost self serve um, at, at a certain point once they get comfortable, um, you know, with, with this environment and, and have a good sense and a good cadence on, on NFT collections. And so, you know, that for us is kind of, you know, we're still in just you know, the, the uh, first pitch of the first inning, I guess, you know, it's baseball analogy, but, um, you know, I think there's so much game left to play and, and it'll be interesting to see how these different platforms start to, and the different companies start to kind of, um, you know, carve out their space and you're, you're seeing, you know, Fox. Uh, just kind of rolled out their own little uh, NFT studio. Um, you know, I think there's another couple of companies I've seen. So, uh, you know, it, it's something that, you know, we we, we didn't even ask the question uh, uh, today of like, you know, are NFTs a fad, right? Because that's I, I get a lot of those questions from from folks outside of the industry, and then, you know, the answer to that is, is no. It, it's 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 if you think social is a fad, then I guess NFTs are a fad. Um, you know, it's it's not going away. It's a, it's a new channel for fan engagement, fan acquisition, fan retention, and, and longer term a distribution channel uh, for, for a lot of content creators. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I think again, you know, it's just early days, and then you know, a lot of a lot of stuff left to build. Yes, you got anything else? Um. No, no, not really. I guess. Well, great. I mean, what, what, how do people reach out? How do people contact you? Learn more? Start, you know, playing with the platform. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, obviously go to our platform. It's at uh, oncurio.com. O n c u r i o dot com. Um, you know, we've got an active Discord community. You know, I encourage uh, you know 
folks uh, to jump in there and get involved in the conversation. Uh, we're obviously on Twitter and, and Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, um, you know, also just, just go in there and, and, you know, grab your first NFT from, from one of our collections and get, get a feel for it. And, and yeah, we've got a, a good sort of price spread, if you will, of like, uh, you know, lower entry points, lower price point items, and then, you know, very high end uh, items. So, uh, you know, ranging from American Gods, Heavy Metal, uh, got American Psycho dropping next week, as well as um, uh, several other collections in the coming weeks. So, um, you know, I, I expect to see you two on the platform soon picking up. A, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> buying some of these. So I'm gonna, I, I kind of want to go through building. the process of, of getting it. I want to secure it with, with Fiat and then off-rep it to uh, my own custodial wallet and see what that, yeah, that yeah. process is like for, for companies now. Because I'm just, I'm just so, I spend so much time in the hardcore crypto arena that I'm curious to see what like the, the kind of the modern on-ramps. I would consider you an on-ramp to this ecosystem in a lot yeah, of ways. That's right. How, how that operates, how fluid it is, and then how to transition those things into the deeper and deeper and deeper aspects of this industry. We got a few more... Uh, like kind of like trademark questions we offer, we ask. So Jesse, hit him with that one, and I'll hit him with the last one. All right. So my trademark question is: Is what you do actually difficult? In the sense, as it pertains to trademark, any sense of, of any sense of how you want to perceive the word or interpret the word difficult? Yeah, I think there's a needle you have to thread um, to kind of navigate both these worlds, right? Because you need to stay true both to the content partners that we work with um, who obviously are very protective of their IP um, well at the same time same same true to you know um, their hardcore fans and, and the blockchain universe right I think you know we've seen a lot of nft drops go you know fall really flat uh, when people think that hey if I just slap anything on chain someone's gonna buy it you know I think Maybe that was true in its heyday back in you know February and March when we were at peak NFT, but you know, that's not the case today. And so, you know, we're, we're not the first NFT platform, obviously. Um, you know, we're, there are others who also focus on media and entertainment, but but I think the, the approach that we take is very unique, um, and and I think that's a competitive advantage. So you know, we, we there are barriers to entry there, and and that makes you know what we do hard. Um, so, but, but certainly it's not something that we rest in our laurels and say, okay, we've got some good relationships and we've had a couple of successes. Let's, you know, let's just keep doing what we're doing and just, just kind of, you know, right off, you know, uh, um, into, into perpetuity. I think, you know, we're constantly pushing, uh, trying to push the envelope on like what's possible, um, what can be done that's both stays true to the decentralized ethos of, of the space, but, but also, you know, Acknowledges that there's still some gaps in kind of how people can onboard friction in the experience that we're trying to smooth over. So, so there, yeah, I think you know we're, we're building new tools uh, both on chain and off chain that I think again create additional barriers that, that make it harder to do what we do. Good answer. I like it. Last but not least, in ten words or less, could you describe blockchain? In ten words or less, it is a very expensive and inefficient. Public data. Good answer. Public public spreadsheet. Let me revise. <laughs> public spreadsheet. A database yeah. implies an advanced capabilities. No, it, it's a very expensive and public spreadsheet <laughs> and inefficient. I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
so hard. Yeah, I, always, I think I, so I think I've called it like the world's slowest and slowest and most expensive computer. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're in agreement there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again on the show, and uh, I look forward to I look forward to buying some of these Mars attacks here. I'm, I'm looking at them. So yeah, yeah, we love your feedback. Honestly, um, you know, we love to hear. Oh, I have feedback. feedback. I'll have feedback. Yeah. Yeah, not just for like mainstream folks, this is their first time, you know, experiencing crypto, but also like, you know, experienced folks like yourself who, you know, have probably gone through, you know, 20, 30, 50 different platforms and onboarded a number of different ways. I'd like to think ours is some of the smoothest and we've gotten that feedback, but, you know, any, any constructive feedback is always helpful. Of course. I say yeah. constructive. <laughs> All right, thanks. Great. What'd you think? <laughs> what is that? What, what are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing with no. your face? What is that? Don't like it. No. <laughs> Don't like it at all. Don't. Mm -mm. I wish this. I'll tell you. If I were ever on Shark Tank, the ratings would increase seventy five thousand percent because I wouldn't be all like, "What are your cells? How many?" I'll be like. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh god that, that i hope i'm wrong about this but that idea is shit let me tell you something that idea like mm. i just mm. <laughs> your facial reactions oh <laughs> uh, makes me laugh one i feel like i've heard <laughs> i feel like i've heard exactly like mm, i don't mm -mm. uh, but like here's the thing right I felt That's, like I just I, ate raw eggplant listening to that interview. I've never had raw eggplant. Let me tell you something. It tastes like ass. <laughs> it's like ass. It's not that 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 wasn't that bad. I thought. Oof. It 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 could it could uh, it could be more creative. Like you know. Look, uh, NFTs can be a lot more than rewards programs for your fans. Like that already exists. I I I I was but, like, but money know, exists like a, already. They're trying to make it better, D. I'm on like a Harry Potter thing because <laughs> randomly uh, I was dating a chick that loved Harry Potter. She's like, oh, you need to go here and you need to find out what Harry Potter school you belong in. Oh, you're on the Harry Are Potter you? fan club thing. Well, whatever the fuck it was called. And I That's was like, cool. what? And yeah. she was like, nah, you go here and you find out if you're Slytherin or if you're bear group or owl people or whatever they are. Well, here's the thing. Like here's the are. thing. Like, what, do you, what is your favorite TV show or your favorite comic book hero or whatever, right? Something that in a heartbeat you'd buy something cool of. Jerry Springer's my favorite TV show. Okay, so so let's well, say they had Jerry saying, Springer on the platform. It's, it's not Breaking Bad. Okay, okay Breaking Bad. Let's say they had Breaking Bad. NFT Ooh, cards. Wild on, wild on E. That's probably my no, no, no. Breaking Bad. Back to Breaking Bad. What if they had uh, characters from Breaking Bad as they NFTs? have those? I already don't buy them because I because I saw well, the you're show. You're not the target I love the consumer. <laughs> I already I love the show. Like I just don't like every time i try to get like oh i'm a super big fan of something i just talk about it congratulations that's the most value you're ever going to get extracted out of a fan 
is me talking about your shit. Like I thought about buying like but, I had but a they're Wii U. super fans, D. You don't understand. There's a level of fandom that you're just not in because you're just not sure. like them. They're sure. built different. You I know? love the Matrix, bro. Some of the stuff in the Matrix I live by is like a code yeah. for my life. Yeah. But you don't see me walking around in black trench coats and wearing shades. But some people do. Trying to jump kick people in the throat. Some people do though. Yeah, and you know that's not a large population of people, it's, and it's those same not. people are being like they're trying to extract the value out of their very existence, and uh-huh. that's what that's what a lot of these NFT programs now see. It all depends, and this is this is the truest thing ever said by Alicia. Thank you, Rockstar. I was like, man, all these NFT, you said all these NFT. No, you said everyone be doing the same thing with NFTs. I, I, and and so so one thing that I recommended him at the end of the interview is like I I told him you should go after like the anime and video game industry like in Asia and like I would fucking buy anime stuff. All, all if I could use it in game and it'd be anime stuff, like hell yeah. It's like. Okay, so now the sales guys are adopting crypto, and this is how they do it. All. I mean, but th- isn't this what I you know, wanted, though? Isn't this what you wanted? <laughs> Damn it, adoption. I don't know what I wanted anymore. This is this is what adoption even, looks like, D. I don't even know what I wanted anymore. <laughs> this is adoption? Now the sales <laughs> guys are using crypto? Like, ooh, it's, you know, I mean, you can yeah. use a... You can use a blockchain when but you... But you uh, knew that this was what it looked like, right? Jesus, I just did not... It's got to be it. worth the money to you, though, right? I just feel like there's an elder laughing at me somewhere, like <laughs> learning all those mistakes, learning them rapidly. Like, like it's just like, oh my gosh. So now that's what NFTs are. NFTs are a login on someone's website now. Like, that's the same thing. I can go to uh, maroon5.com and log in. Oh, you were name. super hype about that. I or was, was it fake hype? Doing, I was doing an interview. My friend. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a I'm a professional, Jesse. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm a professional interviewer now. Okay. I could literally, and you know what? Maybe, you know, maybe this is a little bit of giving somebody what's going inside the sausage. You know, maybe you, okay. you don't know how the sausage is made. Yeah. I could shit on someone and then 30 seconds later be interviewing them and love their project. I'm a professional, Jesse. So, so you know, I've heard that even in industry, like, I'm a professional. We're professionals. And I'm just like, what does this mean? Does this mean I have to pretend to like something even though I don't like something? And the answer is yeah. Yeah. That's what and I don't like that. That's what professionalism <laughs> like, is. That's I mean, what professionalism is. That sucks. Daniel said, why do that? He's- because we have to, Daniel. It's our jobs. When we have like job, like normal yeah. jobs. Yeah. We have to do that. We've, we've garnished that much listenership where we can't just like, because then nobody would ever want to come on the show either, Danny. If we were just inviting people on and be like, look, listen, I got to tell you the honest truth. Your project, bag of ass. Seen it 15, 25 different ways, except for your bag of ass is purple and yellow. And the last bag of ass we interviewed was green and white. So you got that going for you. <laughs> Purple's an exotic color. But let me tell you something. This project, bag of, di- bag of shit. Uh, no, we can't do that. We, we're professionals here. We have to say, so... You mean to tell me you're using delegated proof of stake? Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! What in what in oh the god. world? What do you do? You not think like things would move faster, like if we were more objective? I've had this conversation before with like some friends. You know, it's like like what if I could just like tell you how good or how bad your product was? I and think you we just, can. I think maybe we should. Maybe that's what Daniel's getting at. Like, maybe we should just be like, ooh, yeah, I've heard of that before. This is not a good idea. 
but maybe it is maybe the way they did like just imagine if you told amazon yeah you know online bookstore that's probably not the way you should go like can you imagine yeah like that's what i'm that's why like like even though that interview is like something that i'd seen before okay let's do that right now i like what Daniel I, just said. he said i thought that's what we did fuck we do do that shit let me tell you something what was that interview sorry dude i've heard of your projects like 17, 25 times this year. I uh-huh. think you're doing a money grab. I think you're doing a money grab. What was this guy's name? Joey? What's this guy's name? Who the 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 interview? Yeah, I'm a professional. Juan? Uh, yeah, Juan. Ooh, damn, we got that way wrong. Yeah. So yeah. So like, you know, this isn't the time for that. We had a different show where we act like your project is relative or irrelevant. That right there, Garbaggio, my friend. Garbaggio. I'll tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. Until somebody riddles me this, that the actual JPEG they own is the one and only JPEG like it that exists, then... So that's one thing know. I was talking about. I was talking about to you guys. I, was I like, know how to do it, though. The Go etymology, on. right? The etymology is like the only thing... Like for, for, example, for example, on Twitter, you want that blue check mark, right? To be verified or whatever. I thought it was cyan. I fucking... Right. It's there needs to be like somebody needs to design a platform where that's that's the goal. It's like your identity is tied to that. I mean, like there have been plenty of those kind types of projects and we know of them. And but like, you know, they haven't really, you know, blossomed like we hope, like and made all the relationships between all the projects like we think they might do. We should just fucking consult, dude. We should just be like, you know what? We know another project who you would have good synergy with. Let me tell you this guy. Let me put you guys together. Build something. Yeah, that's a very good idea, man. We do talk to, with everyone. We could just be like, hey, you should work with those guys. Yeah, right. seriously. Stop what like, you're doing. Don't go on another podcast. You're wasting your time. Go work with those guys and then come back here. I feel like we could we could be like, I don't know. We could just be like, hey, go go over there. They're doing something cool. They're building the game. You're building the items. You can build the items for the game. Go do that. And then there you go. you'd have something. That'd be and cool. And then you call them IFTs, items for the game. No, IFGs, IFTGs. <laughs> yeah, IFTGs. Uh, this is, I mean. I feel like we see too many people developing in a vacuum. Like nobody knows what every other buddy, like anybody else's project is until they sink some money in in some time i miss the ideas too i feel like everyone like lately in the space is like okay let's make a product and then the other day i was just saying like not enough people are product centric i don't know man i'll just go back and forth to crypto do you think do you think we're just being too hard like you got to start somewhere right right like if you want to get into crypto space maybe you just got to start in the nft space maybe that's what they saw Getting hard on people is what causes growth, right? The person that made Twitter is like, yeah, man, it's real easy. Just, you know, 140 characters, whatever. And you just, tw- we'll call it a tweet, you know, just like a bird. Tweet, tweet. You know, somebody was probably like, that is stupid. I thought it was stupid for a long time. Like, I, I forget when Twitter came out in 2007 or 2008. Mm-hmm. When when did it come out? Uh, shit. Uh, I thought it was for old people. 2007. Okay, yeah, I thought it was for old people throughout 2009 and 2010, all the way for since its inception. I thought it was for old people. And then, oh. like, you know, and then Instagram comes along. Hey, you know the part of Facebook where you mm-hmm. click an album? 
and it's got all the photos in there that's going to be the whole app just pictures somebody's probably like what why would anyone want to look at just pictures that's stupid like don't they want the person with the pictures no 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 just the pictures do you think that we'd be the people who would have told instagram that's a dumb idea though or do you think we would have be able we would have been able to see that and been like oh that's a good idea uh i'm pretty sure we would have been the people that didn't make any money on yeah. instagram because yeah. i would have been like i saw snapchat I- at five dollars and i still was like why is it going down i don't i don't understand it seems like nobody cares about it and somehow yeah. look at snapchat we'll look at where it's at now it's like if you if you want to make a billion dollar business, take something Facebook did like six years ago, mm-hmm. a small part of Facebook, a small feature that they added that nobody noticed and build an entire product out of it and then make it catchy with colors. And there you go. You've got a billion dollar business. You're welcome. This is consulting free with Fergalati and Jesse, uh, you know, and if you're in crypto, same thing, sprinkle some blockchain or some NFT talk like our boy Juan and you got yourself. <laughs> No, but seriously, there's got to be something that, that like there's got to be a value proposition that's worth investing in beyond just the the basic stuff that he's talking about, the NFT to memorabilia, right? There's 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 a lot like uh, when I think of NFTs being really cool is the idea of like like an MMORPG of which I have no time to play anymore. But right. when I Neither did, I. like you know, mm-hmm. you you go. And this, you get a sword, you kill somebody, you take their sword, you open up the sword, and yeah. you see the entire lineage of not that, only that's dope the value like shifting like from market to market in the game, yeah. but the entire lineage of who's held it. And we all know that celebrities game now and athletes game now. It's no mystery that like some athletes, in fact, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals is also on an esports team. He's a dual athlete right now if they consider esports athlete. Right. The starting quarterback. This guy is like a starting fucking quarterback. And oh, by the way, I'm also a pro gamer. Like, and so ever, okay, have- let, me, let me ask you this question. I just need to inject this. Do you yeah. think we only think that sports and games are cool within the context of being able to take NFTs and apply them to that specific context because yes, we like the, the environment to which they're deployed? Yes. But, but because the environment, like, I don't know how much, like, for me, I don't really care for Bitcoin because it's just money for the sake of money. Which I don't. Well, that's why nobody. I cares don't like. I mean, like we care, right? Because we like money, but like it, the environment in which it's built is not like sports or video games to us. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, mean, I wish. I wish they did that. You know. I, I I get what you're saying, and that's why to 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 really color this is an interesting episode. I say that like. Um, Bitcoin is exactly where it's supposed to be right now. I think so. Because it's yeah. super boring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when I've, I don't, I'll never forget, like, you know, when you get like really, really excited about something and you present it to your parents as like, sure. this is something me as your spawn is presenting to you as something I am interested in and will pursue with my time. And you've given me life and I choose to use it with this. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, pres- it's not that deep. I'm not, I'm not, I don't talk to my parents like that, but anyways, so I went to my pops and I was like, dad, digital money. This is it. This is what my life is for. This is what I want my life to be. 
I found it. This is the most interesting technology, blah, blah, blah. It's digital money. And his only response was like, yeah, but I mean, it's just money. Like, who cares? You make it, you spend it, you save it. Like, it's just, it's just money. Like, like, what can you do with it? And I was like, so many things. It's, it's, it's digital money. It's like, it's the future, man. And he was like, yeah, but it's just money. Like, what's the point? Like, I got money. Look, here's my bank account. I got money right here. Mm-hmm. Like, what's so fascinating about money? And I was like, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> I don't know how to answer. I that mean, the question. same thing, same dynamic <laughs> happened between me and my my dad, right? And I was like, this this tech is like, we're it's changing the way money value is transacted. And he's like, great. <laughs> like, he's not interested. And I'm just I think like, it's okay. like, it's their very respectful and wise old person way of saying there's a lot more things valuable than money. Like, I think that's I think that is the case. Like, I think that was them saying like. My dad was like, why would you, why would you care about money when you could care about woodworking like me? Like what the fuck? What? Hey, what are you going to get from money that, that connects us in the way that like anything that doesn't necessarily cost as much money we can bond over or something like that, you know? Mm. It's kind of hard to bond over money just for the sake of money. It just kind of feels shallow. It does feel weird. Jesse, you always ask me questions that make me second guess my existential. <laughs> Dude, why do you think I've had a, a midlife crisis since like 20? You've been having, wait, you've been having a decade long midlife crisis? Absolutely. Bro, you need to go to church. <laughs> I, I, need I, to, I need to find Jesus. I don't, I don't go to church as often as I should, but you know, there's, there's things that you, you value other things. You just probably don't think about it. You value health and fitness. I wish I You're dedicating your life to medicine. Like, come on. Oh, I know what I mean. Like, I wish I could work out as much as you work out. I, I don't even do that now. I only work out 45 minutes a day. According, to I don't life. even work out. Anymore. I've worked out once in the past like month. And well, before that, it was like two months. You gotta get your sweat in, bro. You gotta start no. recording work, Bitcoin podcasts. Like we gotta do Bitcoin this while podcast workout. Yeah. Like you gotta get your sweat on, bro. <laughs> Do you like Dave Goggins, bro? You got to be listening to Dave Goggins now. That man, holy shit, dude. Right? I'll never complain about anything ever. Again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and like anytime I'm not doing well in life, I'm going to be yeah. like, damn, what would David Goggins do? I mean, you know, geez, you were great. Don't you get got me wrong. friends that like, holy you know. cow, dude. David Goggins yeah. is a beast. He's a, he's a pretty beasty dude. But, you know, there are, there are a lot of people with stories like that, though, yeah. right? He, yeah, but I just like like the way he's like. He talks to himself very abusively. It's like, yeah, dude. He's like, he's like, like well, you know, I had this feet ahead of me, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, "You're a punk ass bitch, and you're not, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna be able to get this done because you're a punk ass bitch. You gotta own that. What about you as a punk? What about you as an ass? And what about you as a bitch? Put all three of those things together, and that's you. And that's, I'm like, God damn, dude. He's like his own drill sergeant. Yeah, I'm like, shit, self-deprecating. Yeah. So he's so right. Like this is this is great. Like, you know, but then I get too amped up listening to Dave Goggins. I go talk to my team like in real life. Uh oh. Like, oh, I'm having trouble. Like, I, don't give a, I don't give a shit about your trouble. I don't give a fuck. You need to look that trouble in the mirror and say, stop being a bitch. Like he says, uh, anyways. Oh um, yeah. Can't let that bleed. 
Yeah, you definitely can't. You can't let that bleed. Like it's a you know. It's bad for being a yeah. good human yeah. connector. Yeah. Pro tip: you know you don't need to be a Navy SEAL every day. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a pro tip. Just, you know you gotta have situational Navy SEALness. Like you, you can't be in the grocery store like you know, you know like you know fucking carrots on the stands. Like where's the carrots? Like, Bring the carrots out here right now. I'm looking for carrots, not this organic shit. The regular carrots, the big carrots, <sighs> pesticide carrots. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. We have any other news? For a while. Yeah, yeah. There's some things that we there. The, yeah. So here's one thing that honestly, so this is gonna be crazy. Um, I just saw this stat, and now I'm actually kind of, um, I'm alarmed. So, What's many that? moons ago, and that is the hash rate. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. So, I haven't checked it out. Is so, it bad? Jesse, remember, yeah. and this is to you, Joe. Joe, if you're listening, this is for you. So, me and Jesse get on these random side project, like, obsessions for hours at a time, right? Now. Whoa, that dropped a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, hold on. So, the third day. Yeah, and so... Uh, oh, that's not that much. No, no, no. It's not dude, no. it hasn't been this low since 2019. Wait, what are you talking about? We're not looking at the same total hash rate. I'm looking at Bitcoin network hash rate. You got to go to all time. 90.17 million. I believe that's 90.17 hex terahashes per second. No, no, no. Million terahashes. So that's exahashes. 90.17 exahashes per second. And it hasn't been that low since... I got to zoom out three years. How are you That's getting 90? Oh, you're looking at raw values. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. 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 Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, it hasn't been this low. Don't use the averages. <laughs> it yeah. smooths it out too much. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use the averages. So, um, one of the things that, um, what is it that you and I got on this random side project? I was like, I wonder if there's any correlation between the hash rate on a day and the closing price on a day. Uh-huh. And then we did all this and we found out like, holy shit, there is a pretty, pretty medium correlation. I believe you still have all the data on your computer. I probably you don't said, anymore. You sure? Yeah, I know you I mean, did yeah, it. I don't, I remember I don't know if it was on a desktop. At length. And we were like, wow. So this is, it looks like the price does match, you know, positively. It's a positive correlation with uh, the hash rate of mm-hmm. Bitcoin. Yeah, no, definitely. And so uh this if you look at this massive price drop which is the largest in i think you, you mentioned a correlation you probably should mention correlation values try to maintain uh so a correlation value is is like an r value and what it means is um what's the probability that the change in one variable is caused by the change in another right so what me and jesse were trying to figure out is like okay if there's a change in the hash rate then is there a change in the uh, price now it's not an, it's not a, co- a correlation value doesn't tell you why it just tells you that yes there's a high probability that one change affects another change so when you have a variable and you map it on one axis and you have another variable and you plot it on another axis and then you try to see if those points uh, correlate to each other over time then you can just say like in some sort of some correlations are super duper high they're like a one-to-one correlation that if thing goes up other thing goes up 
right? Yeah. So it was like, I think you mentioned 0.77 in Slack. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't have the data. Anymore. I do remember the number. Um, cause I'm weird with numbers like that, but it was a 0.77 correlation, which is medium to high. Um, high correlation is like 0.86 to one, which means that you can damn near bank that if something goes up, the other thing is going to go up. Or if you, or if something goes down, the other thing is going to go down. And then so, so, so let me yeah. kind of get to the, what's your TLDR on the hash rate almost having and the uh, price. The, the, the TLDR is that the hash rate now is the most significant drop in hash rate we've ever seen. Oh, really? And yeah. Look at the chart, bro. I mean, like, what do you like in, 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 in flat value? Yeah. Cause we go from like, say like 200 million down to like, I don't know, like a hundred, hundred million. 198 exahashes down to 90 exahashes. That's 90. That's damn near a hundred exahashes gone in the span mm -hmm. of from April to June, from, from the middle of April to the almost end of June. Is that bad though? Uh, that's pretty bad. I mean, just looking at the chart, that's the biggest drop. That's but the difficulty happened. will adjust and the price will, you know, yes, adjust. The difficulty will adjust. So what is supposed to happen for everybody new here? The Bitcoin difficulty will adjust and it will become easier to mine Bitcoin, which if the game theory is correct in what we should see in practice and actual what is going to happen is that different areas around the globe are now going can competitively mine. So they will competitively mine. So we should see a bottoming out on the hash rate and we should see it start to go back up as other groups of people can profitably mine. But there, this is this is worth studying now, and I'm glad that there's academia looking at this and not me, a random dude who's not an academic. But like, what we're seeing now is like, one, since 2019 to now, um, we can, I would say 50-50 assume that all that hash rate growth was going on in China because that shit has dropped all the way down to where it was in 2019, which is two years ago. And we all know China turned their miners off. And that's incredible to me that 100 exahashes were coming from just China. That is fucking mind-boggling to me. So where do those 100 exahashes go? Do they ever turn back on? I don't know. Now, to get back to the thing about a positive correlation means that if a thing goes down, other thing goes down. Well, the biggest hash rate drop in the history of Bitcoin, biggest price drop in the history of Bitcoin, those two things are medium correlated. Now, I do also believe that the correlation is dependent upon time. No, it's not. It's a medium correlation. So hash rate goes down, price of Bitcoin goes down, all coins go down. Hash rate going up, price of Bitcoin goes up, all coins go up. Those are the correlations right there, like for the newbies in the audience. So are you just trying to pin the price movement on the hash rate? Well, I mean, that's what we did when we crunched all those numbers and we saw. But like, we, we know that realistically, there's a lot of other things at play, you know? Yes, there are. It's never going to get to the why, but that doesn't refute the correlation being what the correlation is. So what is actionable about that observation? I don't know. That's, that's what the science comes into play. That's where the big bucks makers like Corey that are scientists start to d dive deep into that correlation and figure out the why, right? I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, can't really do anything. Can't really make money on that. You can't make, I don't know, because it's just like hash rate halved. 
price halved. Now what? <laughs> oh, this is how you make money. You heard it here first. First, throw up my throw up my Negro Dama sticker, please. I don't think so, but. Damn. <laughs> Did she mute? Nope. Oh, that's a that's a Patreon. That's a Patreon. That's, that's you know what time it is. It's Patreon. oh, she's trying to tell us to get off the fucking mic. Is that what she's trying to tell? Us? I don't know. Maybe no, no, she's, she's not. <laughs> she can do what she wants. Oh, she said share the chart. That's a good. Damn, oh, you know we should have like a separate mic where we're listening. We should be able to listen to Alicia. Uh-huh. You know, like 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 uh, news like, people do. Oh you yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me see if I can share. Uh, you know. There we go. Bring this on in here. Yeah, we're right. doing some price. Look at us. I'm not. I'm not doing anything price. I guess this is all you. Uh, hold up. If you look here, we did. Uh, we've got ourselves <laughs> a nice right triangle. It looks to me like if we go from this point here to that point there and then down to the floor of that point we've got ourselves a nice 30 60 90 triangle which is telling me that a third uh, on a three six nine scale we're gonna have a third increase then a six third increase in 90 percent pullback so do what you want with those triangles if you will now, one thing to take into consideration is that the hypotenuse from here, uh, from there. Wow, we just lost a viewer. <laughs> Maybe we lost two viewers. This yeah, is this isn't price stuff. Look, so this is the hash rate from here. Yep. In April, to here. Yep. Today. Tanked. Look at that. You see any drops like that in here? I don't see no drops like that in here. It's a 50% drop. I don't see no 50% drops in here. Here's a big drop. Here's a big drop. We went from 100 to 90. That's 10% drop. Here's a big drop. 113 to 93. Still not 50% drop. So, you know, what's interesting is, like, we know that mining manufacturers are largely in China, right? Look at the triangles. Look at the triangles. What I mean is, what I mean to say is, China must has a, have a lot of Bitcoin, you know, just inherently. I would think not China. The 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 companies that were mining in China. You don't think they they like you know my companies? Like China, China's had had crackdowns though, right? Yeah, like, I mean, with, I think that's kind of like you don't think you don't think they take the Bitcoin. I can't make that assumption, bro. This is, this is crazy. And the U.S. takes the, we, we the U.S. Do. auctions the Bitcoin too. Yeah, when they seize it, then we, they we keep track of how much the U.S. government has in Bitcoin. Yeah, um, I, we don't we don't know how much China has. CCP takes a cut of every business, says Alicia, and CCP means the China China people, and they always. Take- oh my God! All right. losing it i'm sorry i'm sorry we gotta wrap this we gotta wrap so long story short looking at the hash rates always a good thing 
it makes me a little nervous for the first time in ever since I've been studying and in this space <laughs> and consumed with it. That the hash rate is dropping that fucking sharply. That is a massive hash rate decrease. It is massive. massive. Right. And for everybody out there, it's like, oh, Ethereum is going to flip. And there's so many different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. Bitcoin is running the roost. And Bitcoin is going to be running the roost for quite some time. Uh, we came close to the flipping. We don't know. When? How? Who? Doge? Remember, remember in 2017, the market caps of ETH and Bitcoin? They almost, they almost flipped. Remember? Yeah. Remember that? Or were you not? Looking at the oh, they didn't then. get that close. They were oh, close. they got pretty no. close. Mm -mm. Yeah, here, go pull up, pull up coin market cap. Or, I'm not or... pulling up anything. We got to wrap this up. People, oh, are, yeah, losing, right. people right. are losing it. People are losing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I will leave this with the CCP is not the China, China people. It's the Chinese Communist Party, <laughs> if you want to be official with it, Alicia. And then we have uh, seven days and 19 hours into the next Bitcoin difficulty adjustment. And it will probably be the largest difficulty adjustment that we have ever seen. Uh, so... Uh, you know, all you electrical engineers out there want to make a little money, mine a little little crypto, you know what I'm saying? And that's not even look at the hash rate of Ether. You can look at that. Or Litecoin. Didn't look at that. So, okay. Anyways, let's do the things that we do when we wrap up the show because it's been quite a show. Started out slow. Then me and Jesse came and hammered it through there with a couple grand slams, right? We got to see Jesse's uh, fuckboy face. Which Chad Blue yeah. Steel. Uh so so here we go. So here we go. Please become a, a patron. You can go to the patreon.com slash the Oh, excuse me. Patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast, and you can become a patron and you will get things like our very special meta episodes. It's kind of like being a meta human, but for podcasting and with and with um <laughs> so a meta episode is an episode where Corey, myself, and Jesse listen to our old shows, and then we provide commentary, colorful commentary about that shit that we were saying. And the thing, the takeaway from the the very first meta episode was, holy cow, we were talking about prices of Bitcoin in the upper two hundreds. Holy cow, like that's holy cow. Like, I look at that and I'm like, why don't I own half the planet? <laughs> like, golly, if I had a time machine, Jesus. Anyways. You don't have the diamond hands that you want your children and your children's children to have that you're expecting that they'll have, even yeah. if you build a fortune. If I just had my own diamond hands and I wasn't as diverse as I was in crypto, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'd be doing, doing just great, like super duper great there's been a lot of bitcoin that's gotten in and out of these hands a lot of ethereum too so um slack join the slack go to the bitcoinpodcast.com and join the slack there's lots of people in there that will help you with your ideas we help people get jobs jobs we help people find work are you working in a job that sucks bells does your job suck and ergo your life do you want to change that because your life is sucking? Join the TBP Slack. Get a better job. Yeah, so we'll help you find a job. Now you're going to resort to Spanish. Hmm? Now you're going to like, trabajo. Like <laughs> Does your job suck? 
Oh wait, that's Spanish. That's a terrible Mexican accent, and not even in the language of Spanish. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure I just offended somebody. Even you, Jesse. Uh, you, you're Mexican, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I offended you. Uh, um, I'm not offended. I'm I'm reading what Alicia wrote here for Ethereum hash rate stats. I I don't. Oh, it didn't. It didn't get halved. It got like. Mm. I don't know. That's an interesting dynamic. Uh, iTunes. We had an iTunes. Didn't we have an iTunes review recently? We had an iTunes review recently. I believe somebody <laughs> just said noise and put five stars, which is so awesome. I don't know who you are, but we love you. We have a thing that we say, if you're going to give us four stars, you know what to do with yourself. I can't say it anymore. Both of my parents said I shouldn't say that anymore. <laughs> so I'm respecting my parents as my elders. I'm not going to say that anymore. But if you want to give us a four-star review below, just don't. Save us the time. Go <laughs> listen to another podcast. Give it a five-star review. You should only be giving out five-star reviews ever, right? Nobody should ever be handing out one-star Wait, reviews. isn't this, isn't this like, doesn't this go back to the professionalism talk we had? It's like maybe yeah. somebody doesn't want to give out five stars. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to be professional, D, though. Like, all right, just listeners. Let's let's seal it down. You get a thumb up or you get a thumb down. And that's all we need to count. Really? You know what I mean? We don't need Uh, to count. If you don't like it, go away. You know, five stars is what we would like because, I mean, we have a lot of five star reviews. And then, Jesse, though, the one star reviews are about me and you specifically. Like, Corey's never involved. Yeah, they are. Yes. I don't believe it. I'm pretty sure they are. Like they're like, what's going on with this Corey and Jesse or D and Jesse combination on what the headers? Well, this at least I don't show. get death threats on Twitter. Oh dear God! <laughs> That's how you know you've made it when you're getting a Twitter death threat because somebody doesn't like the way you present cryptocurrency information. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Anyways, maybe I should be scared. Um. Shout outs. Let's let's keep this short and sweet. That ooh, sorry, that was a reaction. <laughs> Shout out to that's got to be. Um, I believe that's Tiana Taylor. Uh, and that Zotzi beats. Shout out to you, Boo. We see you. Oh, long face. Sorry. Oh, wide smile and long neck. Cause. Uh, Oh my God. Oh, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, ooh. Rachel McAdams. I got it. Shout out to, oh, she took the names off. She's making it. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, we've been doing shout outs at the end of the episode for a very long time. If you're new to this, stay tuned. Uh, but the most recent development is uh, I try to shout out people that i don't know who they are so this is uh man i feel like her name starts with a p i feel like it's like penelope cruz penelope cruz oh my god i got it right okay shout out shout out to penelope cruz shout out to oh she was in that space movie that terrible space movie she was a model she's known for her eyebrows ah daniel got it that's kara and he said super hot that's what that's what he said uh, but we don't we don't objectify people around here, Daniel. We don't do those things. Kara Delavine. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, Jesse. You know that one. Okay. Shout out to her. Who who is that? 
Oh, it's the lady in uh, the Batman movies. It's not Jamie Presley. You would think it's Jamie Presley. She's the new Jamie Presley. That is... Uh, dear Lord. She was in Wolf of Wall Street. She's uh, the Joker's girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Jesse, what's her name, man? Jesse, what's her... Hold on, maybe if I make fuckboy. I'm trying to read the comments so I can get constructive criticism for. I'm gonna make fuckboy face real quick. Oh wait, there's comments in here. Wait, I, 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 Alicia, where are the comments? People are. (laughs) No, those are those are people advertising. Oh really? Yeah. They're advertising in the YouTube oh. comments. <laughs> yeah. Well, check this one out. If you guys want to become famous, you can buy followers, primes, and viewers on that link right there, and then get a virus that steals all your crypto. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't have put that up there. Don't go to that link right there. Holy shit. <laughs> Who is this woman? All right, next. I don't know you. Shout out to her. Shout out to... Shout out to... Uh, is that it? That's all we got. Hey, everybody. Uh, you know, until next time, um, we got some things in the pipeline for you guys. Should I say it now? No. Say what? Say What's going on with the thing? What thing? Starts with the S and rhymes with Tatus. Oh, well, why don't you let say? Corey do that one? Yeah, I'm going to let Corey, Corey tell you guys about that one. But I want to. Uh, we may or may not have an NFT show coming to the network. Um, we're, by the way, uh, you thought the network was dead, baby. It wasn't dead. It was fucking hibernating. <laughs> we got some shit coming to you guys. So be ready. All right. That's all I got. Uh, you know, shout out to my mother. I love her. And my dad. It was Father's Day not too long ago. Play and Jesse's dad and mom. Play the outro.